All right, so welcome to episode one of whatever the hell this is called, possibly Gooncast, depending on if we want to muscle in on other people's territory. Mm-hmm. I am James, also known as Saber0307, and today I am joined by my other goons, who will also be regulars, hopefully. Nah. <laughs> Depends on how much we like you. Right. Yeah, is, is it your name at the bottom of the check? Uh, yeah. What check? I'm not getting paid. I thought you were getting paid. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> Well, what's up, everybody? I'm Lee Alder, uh, the Valley Jester. I'm also the uh, editor for some of the videos on the Saber channel. Um, and I'm Cat, just Cat. Uh, I guess also the Attack Cat on Twitch, but uh, mostly just occasional co-host for Phasmo slash random horror games that we play when we can because couch co-op doesn't happen anymore and suffering with corpse party oh yes <laughs> the point james is, I, folks... had, I had blocked that out of my memory thank you very much saber has party you have to live with corpse party. <laughs> saber has compiled a panel of experts is what we're mm. trying to say <laughs> yeah and today we're going to be talking about uh that 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 justice league thing which we all suffered mm. through uh correct <laughs> Lizard versus monkey, and mm-hmm. uh, me subjecting you guys for the last three months to uh, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. After, yeah, after we trying to get Lee to watch it for ten years or eleven years, and me trying yeah. to get Cat to watch it for like four years. I weirdly, I'm won. weirdly I'm most excited to talk about Twin Peaks, despite the fact that that's probably the show I understand the least mm-hmm. of the three we're talking about right now. It's okay. I, yeah, I, I've, I've rewatched Twin Peaks multiple times, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 only heard for ten years about how insane and out there and mind bending it was, and little did I know I was walking into like a daytime soap opera from the early nineties. Mm-hmm. But as I understand, we'll get around to uh, escaping from the Black Lodge at the end of the episode. Yeah. So <laughs> let's start with uh... Lee. I'm going. I'm going to end this episode of Doorknob. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> there's there's no escape. There's no escape. Do we do we go best to worst or? Uh, Lee Lee suggested we start with Justice League, uh, and then uh-huh. we end with Twin Peaks because that's the oldest, and that's probably where a lot of people are going to dip because it's not popular. Mm, true. And I feel like we we all collectively enjoyed uh, Godzilla versus Kong, so it acts yeah. as that little like spike of hope in the middle of everything, <laughs> just when it's starting to get to its most grim. Yeah, for sure and strange so uh so fuck steppenwolf let's get into this (laughs) all right the baby face motherfucker all right so lee you have you seen the theatrical cut okay i have not seen the theatrical cut and um i am one of those people for all transparency's sake who does prefer marvel to dc and who uh, is also part of the flock that believes the only good characters in DC are relegated to Batman and his rogues gallery. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, um, I don't... With, with a few exceptions. I'll, I'll yeah, I was going to say, I don't necessarily agree 100%, but I do agree that those are my favorites. Yeah. Batman and his rogues gallery, for sure. A little basic, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, well-written characters are well-written characters. and I mean, Exactly. You, know, you have the Joker as opposed to... Um... The baby-faced motherfucker known as Steppenwolf. <laughs> and, uh, oh my god. Darkseid getting they... bodied by humans from the Bronze Age. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get oh my oh, god. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that shit. Um, um, 
Yeah, so, so I, again, I'm only going off of the new uh, Snyder Cut edition mm-hmm. uh, in, well, I should say in color uh, as opposed to the <laughs> yes. black and white. But when I say color, I really just, uh, I still just mean beige. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean uh, uh, late 2000s uh, HD era Gears mm. of War graphics. Yes. And yes. color scheme yeah. and palette. Now, James, did you watch the Whedon Cut? Yeah, uh, okay. I think shortly after it came out on DVD, I rented it off of Amazon Prime, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't rewatched it since, and I did most things that I could to kind of banish it from my memory, <laughs> along, with, uh, along with Batman vs. Superman. I've never seen Man of Steel. Yeah. I, the, I saw... I want to say I saw Batman vs. Superman in theaters with my sister, um, cause this was back when I was living in Baltimore. Uh, but I, I think I also saw Justice League in theaters, the, the, the Whedon cut, obviously. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, and yeah, I, I do remember, I mean, I've, I think I've just hated the, the DC movies since BVS, but when I saw it with my sister, it was at least kind of like, haha, we can make fun of it. Because sure. I think we went at like, we went at like three in the morning on like a Tuesday or something like that. So it's like, nobody was in the theater. So her and I could just sit in the back row and basically riff tracks the whole movie. Yeah. Um, which was glorious and which was basically what we did for the Snyder Cut. Um, but yeah, Justice League was just a miserable slog the first time I saw it. Um, and, uh, I, I guess I don't know if we want to like give like overall like what we thought initially, um, but like I remember when we finished the uh, Snyder Cut, I remember immediately asking people if they thought it was better, like the, those of our group who had seen it, and I had just this really weird kind of like <sighs> balancing act of like my initial gut reaction was yes this was better, but like was it though <laughs> you know. <laughs> I will definitely because, say it's more coherent and it, it, it like feels like a complete yeah, movie. Yeah, like ultimately I think um there was a a YouTuber who kind of really succinctly I think it was the Cosmonaut Variety Hour, mm-hmm. um yeah. who who he really liked the movie, uh which I I obviously don't agree with as we're going to come into later. Um but he said that like he would have really liked a like an edited version of this, like a two and a half hour cut of this four hour movie. And I, th- I think that's really accurate. I yeah. think I would have actually enjoyed a- an edited version of this, like a not necessarily completely true to his vision, but like an edited succinct. This is the story I want to tell version of this. Yeah. You mean you want, you want to take a film that has a collective 30 minutes of <laughs> slow motion footage and, and whittle that down that's a really controversial idea there. well look, look i know i if, know man look <laughs> if 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 you edited it down to two and a half hours you might be able to edit out the scene where we realize that dark side and steppenwolf conveniently forgot that oh my god earth was okay. the planet that dark side got bodied on all right let's yeah let's let's get the yeah. elephant in the room out of the way i and i um, i'm shocked that i'm shocked that like we've seen only one or two other people comment on what we all kind of saw as 
a gaping plot hole. I actually, I ended up talking about this with somebody else who watched it like a, a day later and they were kind of like, I don't know that it was a plot hole, but I think it was just a plot stopped making sense. And I'm like, that's a mm. plot hole. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you no, mean? <laughs> I, I did actually see somebody make a post about it uh, on Reddit, which was, mm-hmm. it was nice to see somebody actually address the issue. And it, it formed a fairly good, um, good discussion. But yeah, the, the idea that you've got this, this, cosmic warlord this this intergalactic conqueror the ultimate mm-hmm. badass like they're using the dceu to or uh dccu i guess mm-hmm. uh to make dark side their their big flagship villain which great choice mm-hmm. um i i give a cosmic lack of fucks about what the about what dc's been doing with their films lately mm-hmm. i've not seen batman versus superman i've not seen man of steel i haven't seen any of it um so with this being my introduction into it, seeing them choose Dark Side as like, all right, we're putting all the chips in. Marvel's got Thanos, and that went great. We're gonna have fucking Dark Side, mm-hmm. and then to present our intergalactic badass <laughs> with just this this case. I I I forgot where I was going. <laughs> I I I've I've conquered thousands or perhaps millions of planets and enslaved or destroyed species after species mm-hmm. and the one time he gets his ass whipped by dudes with sticks <laughs> and they they very specifically call out that this was the only planet in wonder yes. woman's in wonder woman's big exposition speech this was the only planet that turned him away and stopped his extinction i i don't care if every day like if every morning I go to a different Starbucks and I, you know, and I, I get the same thing. I get the same, you know, cup of coffee, whatever. If there's one Starbucks <laughs> that gives me a bad cup of coffee, you bet your ass. I'm going to remember which one it is. I mean, this, this yeah, was, uh, exactly. This was six years ago now. And I still fucking remember the, the, truck stop diner that i went to in hopi arizona driving back from baltimore that had the worst service and the worst goddamn food i have ever had in my short fucking time on this planet so now take take that experience and imagine that oh you know (laughs) she didn't come back to ask if you needed anything when you needed something no imagine that she came over to your table and just (laughs) beat the shit out of you you're enjoying you're enjoying your eggs and bacon and she just goes upside your head with the carrying tray beats your ass with a banana split i don't know and you're you're like and james like (laughs) Of all the diners I've ever been to, I just, this I'm was the only one, one I didn't conquer. <laughs> then forget where it was. And the thing is, the thing is, like, even even if hypothetically speaking, right? Let's, mm-hmm. for the benefit of the doubt, say that somehow they forgot. Right? <laughs> you think yep. they would have remembered it at the start of the fucking movie when they realize mm-hmm. the mother boxes are there? Because mm-hmm. Darkseid lost the fucking mother boxes on the planet that where, he got his where ass Where he lost. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Why is this a revelation, like, halfway through yep. the movie? Yeah. And, and 
I've seen people go oh, like, oh, well, he didn't realize the anti-life equation was there. He looked right at it. Yeah, he looked. He 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 literally smashed the ground, and you see those symbols come up. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, Steppenwolf does the exact same thing. The symbols come up, and he's like, oh, daddy. Daddy dark side, daddy dark side. <laughs> I yeah, found your anti-life the, equation. They see the anti-life equation, exactly. Yeah. Now, like, they they could have done just one little extra. I mean, they added so much other bullshit into this mm-hmm. movie. They could have added one little scene of, like, mm-hmm. maybe they played a memory trick on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, made him forget. Like, casting a spell on him. I mean, like, you've got half of this fight scene being, you know, like... Uh, yeah women riding lions shooting lightning out of their asses and, like, <laughs> yeah you can't have like a sorcerer or something mm-hmm. just like oh, a little trick of the mind and okay yeah. he for he forgot he was ever here and they exist in they exist in dc you oh, could have yeah. just like i mean we threw martian manhunter and a green lantern in there why not just have magic people who cares like the audience yeah. will keep up right like if you expect them to um i had i remember i had two ideas for how they could have kind of like resolved that plot hole a little bit. Um, one was that um, either they say basically like, because, because essentially my, my big problem with it was that yeah, the, the anti-life equation is, is, is treated as a reveal when it one, it's really obvious that, Hey, earth is the place he got his ass kicked. It's also where he lost the mother boxes. It's also where the anti-life equation is. Like, it's just like, that shouldn't have been three reveals. That was, really obvious to everyone um except apparently the bad guys so my my thoughts were either they could have done um where uh essentially darkseed always knew that or darkseid i'm sorry i'm gonna go back and forth on pronouncing his name uh he always knew that the anti-life equation was there and therefore like the fetch quest he sent steppenwolf on was like to secure the mother boxes and then when steppenwolf finds the anti-life equation or don't ha- actually don't have Stefan will find the anti-life equation have Darkseed monologue at him and be like oh like you thought I was sending you for these stupid boxes but there's a bigger prize in in store for me when I get there and then exposition about the anti-life equation or two the fact that the mother boxes are existing on this planet for so long is why the anti-life equation is here like something about the boxes being here forever created the anti-life equation yeah that could have worked i don't know i feel like both of those would have been better less contrived ways of of upping the stakes because because we all get that's why they added that anti-life equation bullshit Mm -hmm. it's it's just and it 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 wasn't ineffective i don't think because by the end of this movie i did feel like the stakes were much higher than the end of the whedon cut the whedon cut was kind of just oh yeah we gotta stop the mother boxes because a portal will open, well, at the and very, we don't know what's going to happen after that. <laughs> at the very least, the one thing that I can say about the Snyder Cut, and it's one of the few positive things I can say about the Snyder Cut, is that, like like you said, the stakes feel higher. And part mm-hmm. of that is just we, because we have a more complete and compelling and interesting ending, where, I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Superman shows up, and we're pretty fucking sure Superman's just going to fucking body Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. Uh but then fucking Flash gets shot mm-hmm. and fucking tumbles and the bad guys win for a few minutes. Yeah. And that was like, oh, fuck. Not not just win. They vaporize. Yeah. And, the and fucking superheroes. We, we got that really cool shot 
of of mm-hmm. Flash using his powers to fucking travel back in time. That was yes. cleverly hinted at earlier with with oh, with, Flash the, with the box reversing. Yeah. yeah, and it's like okay, this is fucking pretty badass. It would have been a little more effective if um, earlier on in the movie Steppenwolf didn't just keep getting bodied, and yes. like this is the first time Steppenwolf was losing. Yeah, but yeah, I I the. The, the one of the biggest things was that yeah they they really didn't like i mean lee you had uh mentioned this before with your um earlier marvel comparison but i want to i want to kind of circle back to that a little bit because yeah one of the one of the biggest things they did really poorly in this in this version I, well in in actually i would say in both versions of whedon's cut and the snyder cut um they did not set up their villains as threats at all no we like every time i think the you know the one Steppenwolf fight that we were all kind of like oh that's awesome he threw a horse <laughs> was, that's, uh... that is what the is what, what got the biggest pop out of yeah any of us for Steppenwolf like yeah he shows up and <laughs> our first impressions are like wow his armor's like really it's, loud it's like it's really a busy lot. and he has there's stupid, a lot going on he has this and stupid baby face he's and... got his scrunched up little yeah little basket yeah. case face he's, yeah he's got like puppy dog eyes it's really but like every other fight he has with the 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 justice league even even sans superman he essentially loses and just gets away like it's essentially like they held their own very very easily against him and then extenuating circumstances happen and he gets away. He gets they, off with the box. He gets away with whatever. And then, yeah, the first time we see Darkseid, it's it's him getting destroyed by a bunch of people thousands of years ago that we have almost no connection with. Yeah. And it's just like, like you know, I mean, I, and I hate to compare, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, Marvel and DC, but it's the most obvious comparison when Thanos first shows up, like, and I'm not just talking about the, the little bits of him we've seen seated throughout, like, you know, the, the post credit scenes and whatever, like obviously all of, obviously all of that has, has done a lot to like introduce his mystique, but it never really introduced him as a like threat. It was kind of just like, Oh, here's the guy behind the, the curtain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when we first meet him in infinity war, he has just killed half of all of the uh, uh, Thor's people, yeah, and and, yeah. and destroys the Hulk single handedly and, 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 and murders no Loki. stones and, murder, and well, murders Loki. He has and you're one just stone. like, oh my god! Like that is that is how you establish your villain as a threat. You put him up against somebody who has historically been like, I mean, you know, like Hulk, who has historically been the strongest Avenger, just in terms of pure brute strength. And then you say, oh, and through the course of this movie, he's going to get fucking stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's how you do it. You know, yeah. you don't just say like, oh, this this dude is after MacGuffin and he threw a horse once. <laughs> well, they, they, <laughs> but every time the superheroes show up, he's going to just run away. They encounter a very unique problem with Steppenwolf in particular in that if you're following a traditional three act structure... If you're going to have the big, like, first encounter between the heroes and the villain, which they do in in Justice League, it it happens about two hours into the movie, which is laughable, um, where they have the fight uh, in the tunnel that eventually gets flooded, and that's Aquaman's big introduction. Yes. That's the fight where you're supposed to prove that Steppenwolf is a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. That's where Steppenwolf is supposed to beat the Justice League, and Aquaman 
gives them an escape route, just gets them out. Mm-hmm. Um, not Steppenwolf going, yeah, I got the box later, nerds. Yes. You're supposed to establish right there Steppenwolf is a threat. Now, the mm-hmm. issue is that Superman is supposed to re-enter in the third act. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the third act is when they, they're going to beat Steppenwolf. You then create the issue of presenting Superman as exactly what they don't want the fan base to think of him as. Because Superman has a stigma around him these days of boring, flat, overpowered. Mm-hmm. And that all know, stems the, from Zack Snyder. <laughs> the, the white meat baby face of, of DC Universe. And if you follow the traditional three-act structure, you do work yourself into the problem of if they lose in their first fight because they mm-hmm. don't have Superman, it looks like they just lost because they didn't have Superman. Which is, what happens, of which is what is happens in the Whedon wor- cut. Yes, it, it looks like this team is worthless just because yes. they don't have Superman. And 100% that was one of the biggest criticisms of the Whedon cut, was it was like... These these people are still superheroes. They should not need, you know, like like and and yeah. The final uh, the final fight too is a hundred percent. Whedon had to basically like write Superman out so that the other people could do something because otherwise he can just one v one everybody. Yes, which yeah, like they 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 don't want to create like. <laughs> I I always think back to uh, when Birds of Prey was coming out and it wasn't getting enough positive press and they had to oh fucking rename it to be mm-hmm. Harley Quinn like the movie yes. you know, the wonderful emancipation of Harley Quinn and her Birds of Prey mm-hmm. like yeah you're you don't want to call this you know Superman and his <laughs> Justice League because yeah actually I mean you may as well just go ahead and do that I mean yeah. Point. You know, and, Superman and, like, and his magic CG mustache, you know, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I yeah, think which I'm... mercifully that is gone in the in the Snyder cut. No, th- give me the mustache cut. <laughs> I think a lot of this I mean though, it still exists. You can watch it, buddy. <laughs> I think a lot of this though just stems from how they wrote themselves into this particular corner. Like they yeah. did as the second Superman movie, the death of Superman, and it's kind of sort of Frank mm-hmm. Miller's Dark Knight Returns. So it's Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. with the death of Superman. Yeah. And nothing has really been properly set up at this point. And at mm-hmm. least, like, I, I'm I'm not super well-versed into DC Comics or anything like that. Like, mo- most of my stuff with Superman was from the Richard Donner series. I never really, mm-hmm. uh, or the Richard Donner movie, I, I never really watched the animated series, never really read the comics or anything like that. So I also had for the longest time this this impression of Superman as just being boring and super overpowered and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't help the fact that that's also kind of well, the way it, he's presented in the Snyder y- Snyderverse. Yeah. I mean, it also does depend on how he's written because yes. there are comics, there are, like, you know, not to exclusively, you know, rag on Zack Snyder, but um, there are comic book authors too that don't know how to, that don't understand how to present Superman. Sure, sure. And, like, there's and, definitely been criticism of comic books that just present him as, you know, yeah, boring, flat flag waving well superman was a product of his time yes. action action comics number one was released in 1938 mm-hmm. this was an era where people needed a hero and superman was exactly what the people needed at that time mm-hmm. but of course comic books have exploded and turned into this massive multi-billion dollar medium and 
the the spirit of the hero does need to be intact but yes people want they want a sense of urgency people don't mm-hmm. want to see superman show up and completely dominate the screen for two hours or but you God know there forbid, are also, four hours in i Black mean but there White. have there have also been a huge number of comics since the 30s that have kind of like you know redefined him over the different comic book oh, ages and that's absolutely and, and by turning him into a villain well, yes, there's there's been a lot of that, but also like there have been a lot of good ones that really explore the, you know, like, you know, the very idea of his nature where he is essentially an illegal alien <laughs> immigrant growing up in America. Um, and then also, you know, this this sort of like where he does have these godlike powers, but he also has a very human morality. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that kind of stuff is very interesting, but it's not what the Snyderverse wanted to explore. No, yes. and, and, they and wanted to go big right away. And, and that, that is definitely to the detriment of the characters and definitely to the detriment of this movie. And that's 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 part of my thing too, is like, I, I keep hearing and I've seen some examples from uh, people who've been critical of, of the Snyderverse bring up of like mm-hmm. Superman being interesting. And I see this shit, I'm like, oh wow, this is, this is actually interesting. Like, I guess mm-hmm. there was some episode of the animated series where I guess Superman is sort of in this trance coma dreamlike state oh. where he's imagining that he's on krypton and he has, and he a, has family, a kid and he has a kid yep. and then he yep. comes to the realization towards the end that this is all fake and despite mm-hmm. this being basically everything he ever wanted he knows that the right thing to do is to abandon it and go back to his real life and there's this tearful scene mm-hmm. of him saying goodbye to his non-existent son and everything like that. I'm like, that sounds really interesting and, 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 and fascinating. Or even that one clip that was circulating a few weeks ago from the, the new Superman series where Superman walks up to a kid and hands him back his hat and the kid's like, mm. nice suit. And Superman's like, thanks, my mom made it for me. And then flies away. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. cute and endearing. And I want to see mm-hmm. more shit like that. Not just do you bleed? Mm-hmm. Superman yeah. is at his best when he's not being uh, an action hero. Superman yes. is at his best when he's mm-hmm. being Human. heart and soul. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't when 100%. I when I first saw Batman versus Superman, and I, I see Henry Cavill, I'm like, wow, he's he's pretty terrible at this. And then I see Henry Cavill in in fucking <laughs> The Man from Uncle and Witcher, yep. and I'm like. Oh, yep. he's amazing. He could he's be a good amazing. Superman. It's just he has oh, nothing God. to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I like that's probably one of my biggest disappointments. Is they have, they have the perfect casting, right? And I'm not necessarily saying that like only Cavill could play Superman because we've had a lot of really good super supermen, <laughs> but he would be really good if only he was in just a better series. And I, I am somebody who, full disclosure, did not hate Man of Steel. I, I found things to enjoy about Man of Steel. Um, I loved the soundtrack. I loved the, like, the scene of him learning to fly. Um, I loved uh, Michael Shannon chewing the scenery is, like, well, that, always a win in my book. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, <laughs> I mean, even, even these are, these, that, I'm listing that's, three that's things, win. but I... That's sorry, a, James. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm agreeing with you. Like, even oh. even without seeing the movie... Michael Shannon yeah. chewing the scenery is <laughs> chef's yeah, kiss. you know, always amazing. Um, it, yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend his uh, reading of the the angry sorority sister email. 
Oh man. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, like I, I know I'm only listing three things because there's a lot to hate about man of steel as well. Um, but I didn't necessarily like just purely outright hate it because the tone was not, you know, because I, I, I do enjoy like, like those questions. I think, I think Zack Snyder maybe gets a little bit too into the like, Oh, he's the Jesus metaphor and you know, the God complex stuff. But like, actually asking those questions of what would it be like to be, you know, a kid growing up in a small town who is like an alien God, like, like, like how does that morality develop and stuff like that? Um, I'll tell you how it doesn't develop by your dad sacrificing himself to a tornado. That was the stupidest <laughs> but shit. But that, that's, that's, that's besides the point. The, the fact that it was trying to ask these questions and maybe not, not quite getting there still made me appreciate it. But yeah, then, then afterwards you have Batman v Superman, which is that's the second Superman movie, right? Like yeah. there's no other yeah, there's so nothing that, else. like that's just that's like that's too much for me. You, you like you have to you know I mean I have been also rewatching and you know, not to continuously compare it, but it is the two big head honchos. So I was rewatching like the Iron Man movies, like one, two, and three, right? Which are not the, the greatest movies ever made. But they're really competent and compelling in, in setting up kind of like who this character is and how he grows before we see him in a big old team up. Because mm-hmm. like Iron Man 1 and 2 come before, I think, everything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Other than like the Hulk movies and yeah. like the, the stuff before. But like yeah, Iron Man Captain is... Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. But like Iron Man's the first like official like movie start. Yeah, of it, the, went, it the went Iron Man, MCU. Hulk, and then Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yeah, I would go I would go as far as to say the first Iron Man movie is revolutionary. Yeah. But like that's that's the thing is that like I feel like one of the things Marvel did really and maybe they had kind of a bit of an advantage because um and I'm not I'm not entirely sure about this cuz I'm not super up on Marvel comics. Um but as far as I'm aware, Iron Man was not a big big name or a big draw at least he was not before the mcu happened uh, it was before that it was spider-man and wolverine right yeah everything i've heard was basically even though like iron man and captain america are kind of like central to the avengers Mm -hmm. um everything i've heard from like like for example on cosmonaut marcus's channel because he's big into Mm -hmm. comics and shit like that is Mm -hmm. they were kind of like the less popular semi B tier heroes, not necessarily saying the qualities of their stories were bad or anything like that. It's just, they weren't nearly as iconic or as popular as like Wolverine and Spider-Man Yeah, or even Hulk because Hulk had that 70s series or 80s. And so I think, I think when you look at it that way and you compare, you know, like, like Superman has already had many, many movies done about him. Right. So telling a Superman origin story that's not the same as the previous ones, um, you know, like is not necessarily like it, it's something you want to do, but also or sorry, you don't necessarily want to retread the ground that like Christopher Reeves already walked and stuff like that. Right. But yeah. like at the same time, you want something like the audience wants something familiar. They want Superman. They want the Superman they know, or at least they want an interpretation of him that they can recognize today as what they know, you know, whether that's like, you know, that like they, they, we don't, again, like you said, it's a totally different time. We don't need 30s Superman, but like, we need something, we need something related to that. Now, when you you take, when you look at Iron Man, 
they they could have taken him however they wanted because there's not really that big of a fan base for Iron Man, right? Like there's not legions of movies and, you know, media about Iron Man. Superman is iconic, not just to the DC universe, but just to superheroes in general. Like he's probably the first image you think of, right? So it's like, that's something where like, you can, you can mess it up hard. I believe, I believe the Richard Donner Superman movie was the first live action theatrical film outside of like shorts and everything like that. Or an outside of the, mm-hmm. the Adam West Batman movie, which was, you know, yeah. it was just a spinoff of the TV show. But like the first, yeah. the first big one. And then immediately followed by, or not immediately, but like about 10 years later, Tim Burton's Batman. And it's like, mm-hmm. those are like the two big things. Yeah. Sorry, Lee, you were saying something. No, it's like, I was just, I was just gonna, gonna chip in that, you know, the, at least speaking for Iron Man, mm-hmm. the, the comics had a lot of material in them that mm-hmm. uh the marvel cinematic universe didn't shy away from mm-hmm. uh, and again i'm not a big dc fan so you know outside of a couple superman stories i can think of that come to mind i don't know the deep catalog well enough but yeah. i mean iron man presented a lot of interesting uh borderline controversial mm-hmm. uh issues in in its in its pages like an entire arc where Tony's crippling alcoholism and depression kicks in and he can't be Iron Man to start mm-hmm. saving the city because he's just, he's miserable. I think uh, there was some kind of Damn. issue with like, I think one of the Avengers died mm. um, or there was some issue with Pepper and they translated parts of that storyline into Iron Man 3. And I think that's, I think that's one of the MCU's biggest strengths is that, they have kind of a wealth of like they have a whole catalog of stories that are you know like they can pick from like the best of them right and there's there's a lot there's a lot to choose from and but you can kind of take it and reinterpret it and recontextualize it without without too much backlash because i know people had backlash against the mandarin reveal and i know people have had backlash against various other things in the mcu that they've they've altered from the comics mm-hmm. but not to the level of the man man of steel backlash you know the man of steel backlash was like you screwed up superman and you know that's just which i i frankly don't agree with but i do wish that for the sake of the snyder cut which circling all the way back for the sake of this movie i do kind of wish it was that was a little bit more intact that maybe we did have a little bit more a little bit less of the interesting philosophical questions that i liked about man of steel and a little bit more of that like homegrown farm boy optimistic superman so we could you know have some sort of point of reference for what what's happening here right yeah, where it's can... just like no go go on no no just just that they they kind of just want to have the whole marvel cinematic universe cake in one go and that's that's just functionally yeah, yeah. impossible it took them it took them like four phases right or whatever whatever they're at now they're at they're at phase four i think right yeah. Yeah, phase four kicked off with WandaVision. Yeah, you can't you can't do three phases worth of content in three movies, even mm-hmm. if they're four hours long each. You just can't do it. Can we Look, also? I'm, I'm a simple man. I want the Superman movie that was written by Kevin Smith and oh. done with uh, with John Peters producing, where he fights a giant spider. Is I want that. that is movie. that the Nick Cage one or? Yes. Yeah, that's the yeah. Fuck yes. That shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that that's Extra also on board. that's also the reason why there's a giant spider in Wild Wild West 
is because it was the yep. same producer. Oh. He finally got his giant spider. Oh, yeah. good for him. But can, can we also... <laughs> he deserves it. He, des- he deserves it. <laughs> can, can we also just briefly talk about how Bruce Wayne let the Martha Kent become homeless? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you could have easily just stepped in. And it's like, any, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this until Superman's alive and we've saved the day. What an asshole! At literally any point, he could have been like, "Wait, I'm a, I'm a billionaire." <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man! I've got to follow my code. <laughs> so I want to move on to brighter things, but just final, final okay. verdict on Snyder, Snyder cut. Um, I okay, I think. I think the good that comes out of this movie is that we did actually finally get to see the director's real vision Mm -hmm. without studio interference. And my hope is that is not that this will lead to necessarily more Snyderverse, even though I would not be opposed to seeing more given that we did get, you know, we, we got extended cyborg. We got extended flash, which I know you guys didn't really like the flash that much, but other than that first scene with him, I kind of, dug him a little bit more definitely more than the the whedon version i don't even remember um, him from the whedon version I, I yeah just... he was he was just all one-liners basically um <laughs> but but more so than than like encouraging directors to do like longer cuts which is what i've a lot of the hot takes i've been seeing online which i'm like no we don't need a six hour end game we no. don't need you know like just stop that please um but more so than that i hope it encourages studios to at least bend a little bit more and listen to their creative team just because I, I do feel like at, at the core of this movie is a better version is a better movie than the Whedon cut. Trust and that's not necessarily to totally shit on Whedon either, even though. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> but like, it's, it's mostly just like how, you know, like the fact that the, the, the Warner Brothers executives got cold feet on Snyder's version and then kind of used a personal tragedy in his life to muscle him out of the production to then kind of like mess it up by trying to just make it, make it Avengers, make it Avengers. I'm hoping that this is a lesson learned for them, from, for, for them that when you listen to your creative team, you can actually get good things. And clearly as you know, even though we didn't necessarily love the movie, I didn't love the movie. I know you guys will, will say your piece soon even though we didn't love the movie i feel like enough people did and enjoyed it and it's got enough of a high score on rotten tomatoes i'm hoping that that bodes well for future products for for future creative projects for people so we don't get a bunch of execs pushing people out yeah that's my that's my that's my takeaway is i didn't love the movie i am hopeful for what it means for future projects I think that again with uh with no experience with anything else in the DC film universe um I'm looking at this purely as the movie that I sat down and watched. Mm-hmm. If you cut I'll even be generous. I'll let you only cut like 40 minutes. If you just cut out 40 minutes the film really has something. It does. It's mired down by wanting to wedge in all the things that I think had to be pushed in when it was clear a second movie wasn't going to happen. I think that there's two movies worth of material that Zack Snyder wanted to just get out there. The 
the post-apocalyptic scene with with Batman teaming up with Deathstroke the Terminator and mm-hmm. like half of the cast being dead and I, I'm not going to go with the low-hanging fruit and start talking about Jared Leto's Joker. Um, you don't want to talk about the reach-around? <laughs> no, I actually, I think maybe the most controversial thing I'll say is that I don't hate Leto's Joker. Um, it's... All right, that's the end of the podcast. This is the end. <laughs> Later, folks. Um, I, I think, it, I think wait, he okay, was... Wait. Al- sorry, sorry to interrupt, but did you see Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay. All right, continue. Um... Because I, I do notice a bit of a difference in the way that he did his Joker between those two movies. Gotcha. Um, I think this, I, I think his gangster mafioso Joker in Suicide Squad was a visual abortion. I hated every moment of it. Mm-hmm. He started trying to make some character changes in this little epilogue um, that, that I noticed and that were appreciated. He's mm-hmm. He's still by far possibly the worst big screen joker but mm-hmm. i think people rag on it a bit too much um the movie tried to wedge too much into one cut split it into two movies uh and it's fine or just cut out 40 minutes and make the best of it you can it could have been a whole hell of a lot worse the soundtrack slaps ancient amazonian lamentation <laughs> music ancient for days <laughs> hell yeah um yeah (laughs) and if it if it allows the dc universe to start to revisit some other ideas and maybe keep things rolling that would be cool if the if the snyder Mm -hmm. cut does its job of making more movies like it uh accessible then awesome yeah um but overall it's just bloated yes i i I basically completely agree with everything you said, except I still don't. I I, I appreciate you given given him the benefit of the doubt. I'm still not a, not a Leto fan. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, Jared Leto. I I'm over him. He can go back to his like sex cult island or God. whatever he was doing. Or oh. you know, back when he was a musician. Who remembers that? Yeah. Remember, you hey, know, remember when he was a good actor in Requiem for a Dream and other yeah other early stuff? Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. I fucking love him in Lord of War. Yeah. I I He's, really dig him in um he, he, Alexander. He was really good in um or he was pretty good in uh the Jodie Foster Oh Panic Room. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Panic Room. I liked him in Panic Room. Remember when he was in that sequel to Blade Runner that never happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Fuck you. <laughs> And you did too. I thought you liked Blade Runner twenty forty. Wait, wait! Oh my god, I totally forgot he was like the Mark Zuckerberg in that, right? Yeah, he's he's robot god. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. He was. Oh man, that you know what? I com- I completely conflate him and the guy they put into um, Detroit because they like it's the, it's same, the character. same character. Oh yeah, the exact same character. It's the same character. No, I, they, I, they want to do that. And, oh, Blade. and um, and the guy from uh, uh, the that one that one Black Mirror episode where uh, oh my god, Andrew Scott is like, oh my, I hope I didn't get the, I hope I didn't get those names mixed up. Um, he's he's like his wife died in a car crash or something, and so he like takes a guy hostage. 
I've never seen Black Mirror, so I don't know. Oh, spoiler Same. alert! I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I haven't. Seen I, but there's, the only... there's an episode. There's an episode where he's like trying to get a hold of a tech CEO, and the tech CEO is exactly the that Jared Leto like 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 archetype of like the the hippie, shaggy-haired tech genius bro, mm. just like slumming with a bunch of robot prostitutes and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. The... <laughs> The only two things I know about Black Mirror are one, there's an episode of called Bandersnatch, and when I heard that, I was like, oh. "Wait, you mean the monster from Resident Evil?" And that's the Black, that's the Black Mirror movie. Okay, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's, and... the, that's the Choose Your Own Adventure movie. That is basically just a shittier version of what, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, what, uh, uh, oh my God, what's the what's the company that used to do Choose Your Own Adventures that went down recently? Oh, uh, Telltale. Yeah, it's basically a shittier version of what Telltale was already doing. Okay. So it's just like, how how dare you guys? And and the the only other thing that I remember, or at least I've heard of, is what if Street Fighter but gay sex? <laughs> yep, yep, that, yep. Yeah, that's that's. There's that's, one of those. It's it's that it. one's that one's hilarious because we had so many conversations in QA about that where we were like, do you think like they had to have found this bug, right? Do you think they just like did somebody just say ah ship it whatever no one will find this or do you think that like there's no way that that feature would be in the game and somebody would not have tested it and yeah. like <laughs> we know how we know how video games are made black mm -hmm. mirror like you can't you can't fool us like that it's true um oh. last thing i'll last thing i'll say on the spider oh. cut uh my last bit of piece is um there was a bunch of controversy going on two days ago on uh reddit's uh movies subreddit where a moderator mm -hmm. thought that as an april fool's joke it would be funny to really push the idea that Zack snyder killed his own child to make publicity <gasps> for his snyder cut if you're listening to this walk into traffic oh my god are you walk into traffic me? yeah who, that's 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 a super shitty thing to do that's, yeah Jesus I, Christ. yeah shit so yeah just had to yeah make peace with the universe on that one. Oh my god yeah, that's, that's like you don't yeah. you don't that's that's not a you you up. absolutely do not like i didn't even i i you know i i've touched on it very briefly i really didn't want to bring it up because yeah like i like i you know i remember when we all like ended the movie and stuff and saw the you know credit and stuff that's it's like oh that like it's 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 an absolute tragedy you do not make fun of that shit no absolutely, absolutely not. not like you can you can say you know like i'm like Obviously, we've spent the past whatever, however much time we've spent, like ragging on the movie. You, like, do do not do that no, ever, no, no. ever to up. people, ever. That's fucked up. Jesus Christ! Bunch of savages on this planet. Jesus yeah. fuck. Well, Saber, um, what's your take? Yeah. Um. From what I remember, I like it more than the theatrical cut, but I still don't like the movie. I probably mm -hmm. maybe like it a little more than Batman v Superman. Because Batman mm -hmm. v Superman, I found to be a very miserable slog. Um, mm -hmm. In the interest of director vision and film preservation and all that stuff, I'm I'm 100% on board. Where I'm glad that we got to see his vision, like like fulfilled and 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 created and everything like that. Um, I am also in the same camp of not every movie needs to be longer. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm down with director's cuts, but director's cut doesn't necessarily mean four fucking goddamn hours. Like, absolutely not. This has been 
like director's cuts are nothing new. This is probably like the most noteworthy recent example. And I also kind of hate that, that, that shit rags keep calling it their own Snyder cut. It's like, it's a director's cut. It's what it's yeah. been called. It's director's yeah. cuts have existed for fucking forever. Like, it, I think, it's... I think they're trying to like, I, I think they're just trying to bank on the whole, like, Oh, audiences demanded this so much they that are, like, they are. and, yeah. and, and look how much better it was received Therefore, like it's it's yeah. it's like a it's a very dumb marketing ploy, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's dumb. And like th- those of us who know, we know it's just a yeah. director's cut. But you're dress you're gussing it up, so idiots, yeah. hook, yeah. line, and sinker for it. Because like in 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 plenty of other instances, yeah, a director's cut can be a much superior version of the film. Like as mm-hmm. we we briefly touched upon previously, not not today, but like Aliens theatrical versus Aliens director's cut, like. The director's right. cut is fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. Um, another example that I frequently cite is Dark City, where I like the theatrical cut of Dark City. It has some mm-hmm. dumb, stupid voiceover narration at the start of the movie that kind of spoils the fucking movie right at the goddamn start. And, like, I don't know, like a decade later, uh, Alex Proyas, I believe, is the director. He finally got a director's cut. And it's so much better because they took out the voiceover narration and they added in all these additional scenes, but it wasn't also like a fucking three hour long movie. I think it went from like, I don't know, an hour 45 to like just over two hours or something like that. And that's fine. That's neat because you get to see, again, the original, the the original version of the movie or like uh, the other famous example of um, Exorcist the Beginning versus Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where there are two different directors and two radically different versions of the movie and even if you hate both and i personally like dominion a lot uh i'm glad both exist because we get to see what the original version was like and what yeah. the the studio turned the movie into uh mm-hmm. i like ben affleck's batman i just wish he had better material and, and i'm sad to see yeah. that he's not gonna really get to be batman for much longer um I yeah. hope Henry Cavill gets some better Superman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Fisher is fine as Cyborg. I'm glad we got more backstory for him. I I liked him. Like, obviously, I liked him a lot better in this version. Um, I also just think, yeah, it was, yeah. Like, again, same with Cavill and um, Affleck. I feel like with better material, he yeah. could probably really shine. Cyborg um, helped carry the narrative of that entire film. Yeah, I I would disagree strongly with the uh, the notion that he was the heart of the film, just because I I don't really think that's the case. The heart of the wor- film was jobbing. <laughs> just the bad guys yeah. being the yep. worst ever at their jobs. Yep. Um, I think I think of of the characters, probably Lois would have been the heart of the film. If yeah. You're, if you're if you're using her as the metric for like the emotion of what's happening even it's very dour until superman comes back and kind of like gets snapped back to she snapped him back to who he is and yeah even though a good chunk of the movie was just spent on lol my boyfriend's dad both from oh my god oh my god and that that like extreme lingering shot of the pregnancy test where you're just like oh stop yeah yeah i know what you're doing injustice is cool don't set up all of this stuff right now, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At it's... least she's not going to get cancer from radioactive semen like Spider-Man. <laughs> you don't know That's that. That's true. 
It's that's it's yeah, nice. that's true. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, Superman did get nuked in space in BVS, so you know. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. A- anything is possible. All right. Um, uh, on the subject of um, uh, nuclear fallout and radiation, Godzilla versus hey, Kong. Ah, smooth what transition. A, what a transition. <laughs> what a transition. Uh, I think it's safe to say that we all love the film. Oh, yes. yes. 100%. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, let's dive in. Cat Lee, kick us off. Um, well, here's one where I actually feel like I know what I'm talking about more thoroughly. <laughs> um, I grew up on the Godzilla movies. Uh, I've, I've seen, I'm sure all of them at least once, um, including some of the really, really dicey ones. Like the one where, where the, the boy is getting bullied and he has the dream sequence where he goes to Monster Island and meets Manila, who can all of a sudden talk human and Manila's getting bullied by Gabara. And Manila, the boy learns how to stand up to bullies by watching Manila stand up to Gabara, and most of the monster fights in the movie are stock footage. Do you mean shit like that, Lee? Oh yeah, no, I mean I mean shit like the buddy comedy uh, voiceovers of Godzilla and Anguirus coming out of the ocean to fight Monster Zero and Gigan. Oh yeah, and they've been voiced over by really bad American voices going, "Come on, Anguirus, yeah, let's go get him." Yeah, well, I while, mean, what the while, fuck? While still having monster roars, monster roars plus plus dialogue. Oh my god! In the yeah. Japanese yeah, I, I version, think... apparently it's speech bubbles. I take it back. This might be what I know the least about. (laughs) Um, So, you know, for all the bad ones, there are absolutely stellar standouts. I, I, I think possibly the best monster movie ever made is Godzilla versus Destroya. There's so many other killers in the series, even extremely underrated ones like Mega Gearus is great. Uh, Anything with Batra, um, the trilogy with uh, Mecha Godzilla ending with SOS was excellent. Final. Um, Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on Final Wars. We don't have enough time on this podcast for me to get into Final Wars. Um, so with this new uh, new set of movies, um, I was never a big King Kong fan, and I, to no fault of the character, had a bad taste in my mouth from the Peter Jackson one, mm-hmm. uh, which I was forced to see in theaters and prayed for death every moment of it. Oh. Um, I so I did I not see I did not see Skull Island, um, but I, I saw, I saw both. Uh, I saw both the uh, newest uh, Godzilla flagship movie in theaters uh, with Saber actually uh, mm-hmm. on opening weekend, which was awesome. Didn't you guys get um, like commemorative cups or something? That was for it. Hell for, yeah! For Godzilla, oh, we got posters. Got a poster right. for Godzilla, um, which had one of my favorite theater experiences of all time. Of uh, I'm sitting there with Saber, we're watching the movie, and I on the other side of me is this super super excited fan, uh, Japanese guy, spoke very very little English, but just he's he's like shaking his fists and he's excited and he keeps looking at me, going like yeah yeah Godzilla, and I'm like yeah dude, let's fucking go. And throughout the whole movie, he's kicking in his seat like an excited kid. It's fantastic. Aww. And then at the end of the movie, the big buildup, because it's the first time we've seen it, Godzilla fires the radioactive breath. And this dude grabs me and starts shaking me, <laughs> screaming, ah! Ah! 
Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, fucking A. So yeah, obviously I have fond memories of that one. Um, and King of the Monsters is an extremely underrated movie. I, I'm, I'm not surprised at the poor reviews that it gets because some of the human storyline material can get a little irksome and drag at times. But I mean, you've got a wonderfully phoned-in performance by Charles Dance. You've got, um, <laughs> oh yeah, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, who I I'm pretty certain at this point is only accepting roles that have her infiltrating top secret government uh, <laughs> laboratories. Sure. Yep. Um, but the big screen re-debuts of uh, of Ghidorah, who is King possibly Shibu. the greatest kaiju villain of all time, and Mothra, who is without a doubt my favorite uh kaiju character of all she time. is 100 percent my favorite moth mama is yeah. too wonderful for this world which yes. is why she spreads her magic to other galaxies <laughs> mm-hmm. um so king of the monsters fantastic mm-hmm. um so expectations i don't want to say were unrealistic for godzilla versus kong and uh just before we dive into the details of it collectively I do think it is the best of the trilogy uh, of the new Godzilla movies. Mm. Um, I think that Kong was a fantastic way to give uh, an emotional narrative line for the audience to connect to as uh, apart from just a human character, which can be the downfall of a lot of the Godzilla movies is as much as we love Godzilla and want to watch the film for that character, you do need human characters to actually keep the story moving Mm -hmm. because he's not he's not he's definitely not an emotional character correct he is he is a force of nature and that's what we're watching for kong (laughs) was a fantastic way to give Mm -hmm. us that that need it scratched that itch i agree i think that's i think that's a great um great analysis of it because yeah like like apes are already so close to us and and i mean just I remember when when that reveal that he could speak, that he could sign, yeah. he knew sign language with the girl. That and all of us kind of were like, oh, "Wow!" Like that was that was a great. That's just a great example of like exactly what you're talking about. Where where yeah, they're they're so like us that it's I it do, was a very easy in for us. I do want to briefly interject with uh, I slightly disagree about like not being like like godzilla only being a force of nature just because like godzilla versus destroya like the entire movie is like the emotional connection with godzilla like that's like but it has to be done a very specific I, I way sh- i should preface any of my um uh discussion with i've basically only seen the recent stuff sure the, sure the only godzilla movies i've seen uh outside of um the 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 current you know group of of american remakes are um some of the very old japanese ones and i watched them as mystery science theater episodes um and the 2000 matthew broderick one. Oh yeah no destroya <laughs> destroya so, is so the I movie just destroya was the movie that ended the um hey era the pre yeah the pre-2000s um wave of movies gotcha. um and it, it's it's a heart wrenching movie because it uh, it's got Godzilla and Godzilla's child who's also grown into like being you know big formidable force mm-hmm. himself, um, and yeah throughout the course of the movie Destroya not only beats the crap out of both of them 
but successfully kills Godzilla's child mm-hmm. and uh, forces Godzilla to go to the point of nuclear meltdown to be able to defeat him. So Destroya is like the ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like the the entire like almost the the before the 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 last like I don't know sixty seconds of the movie, like the last couple minutes of uh, Destroya is Godzilla dying from a nuclear meltdown, yep. mm-hmm. and it's it's. Oh jeez! It's it's gut wrenching and it's painful. It's yeah. and it. I mean, you know, he's going to die in that movie from the start because they 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 at the start of the movie they're like Godzilla's expe- experiencing basically the equivalent of a thermonuclear reactor melting down. He's his mm-hmm. heart is giving out. So you know, mm-hmm. it is not going to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And, and yet is... they're they're establishing that he has a kid. So you're like, oh, this is the passing of the torch movie. Uh, no, Godzilla's no. kid is gonna be the new one going forward. No, destroy a fucking kills it. Like, oh, oh. and it it is it <laughs> no. is. And not not to mention like destroy a ties back to the very first Godzilla movie, where yes. in in the first Godzilla movie they they kill Godzilla with this brand new WMD called the Oxygen Destroyer, which they brought back for King of the Monsters. Yes. And yeah. uh, basically, whatever the fuck that this thing did, it wound up like mutating basic sea life. And over the course of the last 40, 50 years, it mutated into this horrible abomination mm. of a fucking monster. Yeah. Cool. And Destroya it's... is the living uh, essence of the man-made weapon that killed Godzilla. Nice. And so it's, it's like, yeah, it's fucking great. But, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I only wanted to bring that up of just like, I, I agree no, with yes. you mostly, but I, there so, is one instance. Yes. So, no, so, but, and I, so, and, and g- going exclusively off of this trilogy and how this trilogy has presented Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, I would argue that, that there is still some emotional heart to be found with Godzilla himself um because there are moments and then this is something i did want to touch on like maybe a little bit later um once we got through this part first part but there is some genuine like acting on godzilla's part where you can you can feel what he's feeling yeah so i'm not saying he's necessarily like this just a just a force of nature but what i am saying is i think the movie does present him as a bit more unknowable yes yes in that regard like i can i can agree with that the, the people even themselves kind of talk about how they, they like they don't know what he's doing and the you know it's like like oh he's you know it takes them a very long time to realize like oh he's not necessarily a protector or a destroyer this is just like he's this is his turf or, you know he's he's fighting for himself and like you know or Kyle Kyle Chandler has a complete 180 on his character development from the previous movie <laughs> God yeah let's let's just ignore that completely he was barely in the movie so like who cares. <laughs> I think he answered a phone. That was like that was like his scenes where he, he had like three, yeah he had three scenes to talk to Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Every scene involved Millie Bobby Brown, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, but to, your overall impressions were positive. Yes, very positive. To to that point, my um, yeah. So my experience is 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 basically just with these new movies, and um, I'll change but that. I am I am definitely a student of like creature design and i think um this is where i will respectfully disagree with lee that i think king of the monsters is slightly better for me as a godzilla movie because i feel like i felt like the acting for the monsters for all of the monsters was just a like a touch stronger in in that movie because 
it's 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 not that hard for me to buy an ape emoting just because we have tons of evidence that they actually do and you know all that stuff but like to see a three-headed lizard and to know the personality of each of those three heads just by the way he's moving around and reacting to things i was just like those animators are geniuses (laughs) the the best scene of the movie is Mm -hmm. when uh godzilla has just been given a hard beating by Ghidorah and is Mm -hmm. lying in a smoking pile and Mothra crawls over his back in like that last act of if you want him you gotta get through me it's like all right yeah all right yeah she's the best yeah I I am (laughs) our queen I I'm also in like I love Godzilla versus Kong and I -hmm. definitely think it has better or at least more entertaining monster fights and more creative the shots are, wow, are the way more so creative. Shot you can see in, the fight. Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, uh-huh. for starters, yes. yes. Um, but at uh, yeah. least, oh yeah. Let's let's just real quick praise the fact that the final, the big final team up takes place in the daylight, yes. in broad daylight. In broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at least at least for me, partly because of Mothma with like Godzilla body cam. Yes. Amazing. Part, uh, <laughs> partly because of Mothmama, partly because of King Shitheel, King Ghidorah. Uh, primarily due to my own complete biased nostalgia of wanting to fucking hear Godzilla's theme in an American Godzilla movie and finally getting that wish. And not only that, but also Mothra's theme. I am in camp King of the Monsters, I prefer, but I I do love Godzilla vs. Kong quite a bit. Yeah. Well, the sound the soundtrack for King of the Monsters was extraordinary. Bear yeah. McCreary did, mm-hmm. and, and oh. did an awesome job. Mothra's yes. theme definitely being the He's, highlight of it. And, and using a using Serge Tachyon's cover of Godzilla for the end credits. I love it. <laughs> Serge, yes. Serge Tonkin is is too wonderful for this it's, world. Is delightful. Um, and and also we're gonna like nobody enjoyed the human scenes of either movie. I I I, I, I found them more likable in this one. Um, think I so? think I think I think that the conspiracy theorist character was was a fun change of pace. The kid who was tagging along, who was like the foil of like, oh, he's not the cool one. Like he uh-huh. he's out of the loop on the secret mission. I right, he 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 can go away. Mm-hmm. But Millie Brown teaming up with that was this the uh, that was the kid was great. That was the kid from uh, Deadpool two. Yes, also yes. Which oh, I didn't yeah I didn't put those together for that, me. It, it weirded me out a little bit just because, like, he was, like, and I guess this speaks to his acting. He was such a fucking brat in Deadpool 2 that to see him be, like, a nice kid, I was like, oh, wow. Like, threw me for a loop a little bit. But, yeah, he was mostly just, just like, like yeah, the foil, the, the comic relief, sort of. And we didn't really need it because we already had the kind of, like you know, a li- like a little bit of a an odd couple thing going on with the super young kid who knows all her shit and the yeah. conspiracy theorist. So, yeah. In in regards to human stuff... Oh, I'll... also Boy Band was in this, sure, so Boy Band. Uh, I, I automatically like the human stuff better in, in the for me, Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> for me, outside of a handful of moments, namely uh, the first Godzilla movie, like 1954, um... Godzilla Final Wars because of fucking Don Fry, Shin Godzilla because like the like the political stuff, Cranston in Godzilla 2014 along with Serizawa between 2014 and King of the Monsters, 
so mm. long as the human stuff is not an elementary school kid getting picked on by bullies who then hallucinates himself on Monster Island and learns how to stand up to bullies from Manila, I, the human stuff I can take or leave. Like, it's, I think it's fine in King of the Monsters. I think it's fine in Godzilla vs. Kong. I don't find it insufferable. Oh, I, wait, well, hold on. Uh, 98 Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, it's insufferable, but... That's that's not even really a Godzilla movie, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so at least for me, my, my standards for human shit are just like, so long as it's not insufferable, I, I don't care. Even if it's boring and I'm uninvested in the human characters, I don't care. Like, I, my lizard brain, no pun intended, just doesn't, <laughs> uh, doesn't really care when it comes to my boy Godzilla. <laughs> Well, I, I think that this movie presented the, some some of the more unique scenarios for um, for the human storyline. Oh, sure. We had this whole center of the earth. Uh, that was angle, so cool. Which that was pretty cool. Was fascinating. Mm -hmm. That was that was a really great approach. Like I was worried that they were just going to turn Skull Island into the new Monster Island, and yeah, more Titans were going to keep appearing on Skull Island. It's like, well, that would make a whole lot of sense because they already answered the call in the last movie. Mm -hmm. But having the center of the Earth, like prehistoric idea, and like they have to pass through a gravitational gateway to get out and shit, like it was, it was beautiful. Like the 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 location looked like something out of Avatar. It. It, it, it opens up all kinds of possibilities of like, oh, well, like this is where all the other monsters can come from. Yeah, yeah. This is yes. how we can yeah. get Angiris. Agreed, um, agreed. And all the all my favorite old jobbers like Manda and Varan. Like we, we can't, can get we can't Although, get Space Godzilla from there though. We need space for Space Godzilla. You need oh, yeah, you yeah, need space you for Ghidorah, Space yeah. Godzilla, and uh, Gigan. But um, I I will say yeah. I think uh. To your point, um, I think those that space was interesting as a like as a world, and I think it was interesting as Kong interacting with it and moving through it. I still did not find the human element of it interesting, as evidenced by me at the end of the movie going, "Wait, that guy's name was Nathan." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because I I barely remembered anyone's name, and because that that's not why I was there. I don't even um, remember Cranston's name from 2014. I just know yeah, it was Brian exactly. Cranston. But Cranston was the best part of the human shit in 2014. Well, but he was, and it was a mistake only... to kill him off. Yeah, I know. He was only there for like 30 minutes, and then he was dead. Yeah, I know. But that's that's a mistake. I 100 <laughs> admit they shouldn't have killed fucking Cranston. He should have been there the whole goddamn movie. Fuck. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Cranston it, it was still is the it... best. It's a difficult situation you find yourself in when a lot of the people who want to watch these films are watching it to watch the monsters. Mm -hmm. Not even to necessarily watch them in their big action scenes. Just they want to see the monsters. Like yeah. just Godzilla or Kong emoting and being characters. Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> whereas like a couple movies found a way around it. Shin Godzilla is excellent because the human element is the driving force of the movie. And it's yes. how their government is handling yep. the issue. Destroya is fantastic because the movie randomly becomes aliens halfway through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Destroya splits into a swarm of little ones that infest a factory, and the government dispatches a super SWAT team, and it becomes fucking oh, aliens for 20 minutes. Thank and it you. doesn't make any sense, but it's brilliant. <laughs> but with a lot of them, 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah. some eight-year-old kid with a baseball cap and an oversized, uh, uh, like, poofy jacket who's getting picked on and Jet Jaguar's got to show up and dance for 45 minutes. You know, it, the human element is always tricky. And I think yes, at least throwing in Kong as something to work off of the humans with and having this whole Avatar world in the center of the Earth, it was at mm-hmm. least something new. It was something fresh. Yeah. And, and, and it gave can... Kong it gave Kong the thing that I, I heard the most uh, uh, I don't want to say complaint but I, I guess criticism about going into the movie which is how is Kong going to be a worthy opponent? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean let's not ass. even go into how there already was a Godzilla versus King Kong back in the day in sure. which they did fight and depending on which edition of the film you watch there's versions where each one wins. That's actually a giant lie. The ending is the same in both actual the Japanese version and the U.S. version. It's just been a long-running myth that has been claimed as fact for almost really? s- 60, 70 years. Yeah, it's caught. It technically Kong wins the original film. I mean, Godzilla is isn't seen after they both fall into the ocean, but it's actually the same ending in both the Japanese and and, and American versions. Hmm. Oh, I, I'm willing to admit I got a, uh, I got kazammed. Oh no, no, but, it's um, it's it's fine. It, it's that is such common knowledge at this point mm-hmm. that 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 it is. Oh, there's two different cuts. Like it it it's the truth has basically been buried. There's so much. I think there was even like an old you don't know Jack, where it's like, oh, this is a fact in it, and it's like, but it's not a fact. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like it's it's one of those things that just persisted for so long that people are convinced it's the truth and it did not help that i think it wasn't until the criterion release of godzilla versus uh, king kong versus godzilla that the japanese version was made available in the west so it's like a lot of people didn't have anything to work off so it, it, also, it's it's fine <laughs> wait what what do you mean kazam <laughs> oh it's like a berenstein bears situation uh no but what what does what does uh because i found that hilarious and now i'm like i'm thinking either of the oh no wait that's shazam you're talking about the like the genie one right yeah yeah i got it i got the two mixed up yeah i'm talking about sinbad okay wait oh yeah there are people who are convinced that there's a movie called shazam yeah shazam yeah i I got i got uh, kazam mixed up with the shack one um Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, James, James, yeah, explain yeah. it. Ba- Somebody ba- explain this, because I'm like... Basically, similar to the whole Berenstein Bears situation mm-hmm. of of not knowing how it's spelled, and the whole Mandela effect of it, there's mm-hmm. a Mandela effect of people being convinced that the movie Kazam with, with Shaq was mm-hmm. actually a movie called Shazam with Sinbad. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, and uh and and it that that has been persisting for for a long time too. And even a uh, funnier die got in on the humor and they got Sinbad to help record a fake trailer for Shazam a couple years ago. But Oh yeah. my god. It's 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 just another instance of just facts getting obscured or in this case just mostly because people were misremembering mm-hmm. as just opposed to Back in the 60s, nobody really fucking knew any better. 
because uh, just you, you didn't get the Japanese films. Because, like, yeah. the, like the, the, the main thing is, like, at the time King Kong versus Godzilla was made, that was the third Godzilla movie. Godzilla, up until that point, was an antagonist, and he still is mm-hmm. an antagonist in King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And King Kong was actually a far more popular character in Japan than Godzilla was. Mm. Like, King Kong is the reason why Godzilla was made in the first place, because they were still doing re-releases of the film all over the world, and it was doing gangbusters. So Toho was like, fuck it, let's make our own King Kong-type movie, which was Godzilla. And then for the third movie, they were like, how can we make a boatload of money? Let's stick King Kong in it. So they had King Kong as the protagonist, basically, and and Godzilla as the antagonist, and King Kong's costume is fucking awful, and he drinks monkey booze, and he beats up Godzilla, and Godzilla beats him up, and then they both fall into the ocean, and after they fall into the ocean, King Kong emerges and walks away, while Godzilla just isn't seen again. Oh. So it's like, eh, whatever. Well, it it actually lends a little bit more. Doesn't he live in the ocean, though? He does, yeah. Well, maybe he just went home. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it, it lends a little bit more to my point, because the issue I kept hearing leading up to the film was that King Kong is not a, a good match for Godzilla. Right, right, yeah. And so, okay, so even if the definitive version of the original is Kong wins, okay, so that's even better. Um, Although in that one, Kong had lightning powers, so it was even, but still, to your point... Yeah, and well, and in this one, they yeah, they still gave Kong all the equipment that he needed. You know, uh, going to this ancient subterranean world and finding that his people were the rulers of it, that he had a throne and his people had like an axe that was made from the spines of Godzilla's ancestors. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, fucking great. You know, it gives gives Kong the ability to harness Godzilla's own radioactive energy in the weapon, like. You know, for the big issue leading up to the movie to be like, oh, I don't see how it's a fair fight. Like, I'm sorry. It was a fair, it was a a very fair fight in the first movie. Mm -hmm. They gave all the tools necessary to make it a great fight in this movie. It's, it's the the only, I I think the only people who would say it's not a fair fight. I mean, granted, I was joking that Godzilla was going to stomp Kong, but that is because I am a biased Godzilla fan. (laughs) But it is always a fair fight regardless of how ridiculous the kaiju is because that's what needs to fucking happen even even what was it a bara that stupid fucking lobster ibira yeah ibira yeah, it's a stupid fucking lobster it's oh, the only time it is not a fair fight is in godzilla final wars where godzilla literally wrecks ass until he gets to fucking ghidorah and gigan that's mm-hmm. it it's a, it's always going to be a fair fight because otherwise th- there's no conflict. There's no mm-hmm. there's no there's no fun monster battles. Right. Exactly. exactly. Plus, um, the, if the, if Godzilla just jobs Darkseid in the first five minutes, yeah. why are you going to sit? And and, and and then Darkseid forgets what planet <laughs> had the giant radiation breathing lizard. All right. Listen though, if if Godzilla <laughs> had showed up in that fucking flashback fight, how excited! <laughs> I wouldn't have been phased. I would have. I would have just nodded and went sure. Yeah, we would have been like, oh, I guess, I guess the DCEU can contain kaiju's, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, and plus, also, I mean, I I think at least in this one too, like it made great use of Kong's intelligence and the fact that Mm -hmm. Kong is 
Godzilla can be fast, sure, but Godzilla is mm-hmm. tanky. Kong mm-hmm. is much more agile and using guerrilla tactics yep. and and being able to bounce off of stuff and, and I mean get and and you noticed at the very like at the end of the fight, Godzilla is like so animalistic oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. how he's fighting. Yeah. He just he Primal gets down all fours over. and yeah, is just is Which just is insane. like wrecking shit. I've yeah. never seen that in a Godzilla movie before, and it was, it was so cool. awesome. <laughs> He's just fucking being a goddamn alligator crocodile, just wrecking mm-hmm. shit. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was Kong was handled beautifully. And like, I, I'm also in camp. Kong never really completely resonated with me. Like he's Same. fine in Kong Skull Island. Peter Jackson's yeah. King Kong is like, whatever. I haven't seen the seventies remake or its sequel. Uh, I refuse to see son of Kong because I hear it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, and the original King Kong, it's like, yeah, it's super, super iconic, but it's like, yeah, he's he's, he's yeah. mostly just like he has some emotion to him, but it's like he's he's not Godzilla. I didn't really grow up with Kong as often as I did mm-hmm. with Godzilla, but I still was. I don't, I don't like. Of course, it's gonna be a fair fight, and I'm I'm just really yeah. happy that that Kong was handled so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I and I've... he's the heart. He's the heart of the movie. <laughs> I, I think that the biggest <laughs> positive takeaway, and we we touched on this with um with the Snyder cut, but here it'll actually have the more positive outcome. Um, Godzilla versus Kong performing as well as it is right now means it's going to keep going. Yeah, because King so. of the Monsters had a very poor reception among critics, mm-hmm. and, and and Godzilla and versus Kong has turned it around. Well, if I remember correctly, it was it was. Below fifty, but not abysmal, right? When it was, it was, it was in like theaters, something? when it was in theaters, it was uh, high thirties. Really? Yeah. It, it's. I it, thought it, I thought it was low forties, but it's, it's but... now low forties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now it's okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Which I think, um, I remember. I think the red letter media, like they're half in the bag. I think they did. They did King of Monsters and uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, in the same like episode. Yeah, and they were like, the, the, their scores are like forty and sixty, and the truth is somewhere in the middle for both of them. Yeah, like, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's like that's pretty much where I'm at. Where I'm like, I I think, well, actually, no, because I I loved King of the Monsters, but I mean, it's, it's I, I probably probably looking at it critically, I'd probably also give it like a fifty. Just yeah, I mean, like if, you're if, taking the whole thing and yeah. If you're going into King of the Monsters and you want a sensible, non-silly story with super compelling human characters, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're going into it for monster fights, there still may be some disappointment in regards to how there's more human shit than monster fights, even though that is a reoccurring problem throughout most of the Godzilla movies, even the Japanese ones. Like, it's mostly human shit until monsters pop up. And you may be disappointed because in the effort to mask the CG and to make it age better, they stick the fights at night and filled (laughs) with rain and smoke. And it's like, I understand why you're doing it, but Mm -hmm. it does make it a little difficult to see shit. And I can understand that. It breaks my heart because, like, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of like that. 
that's also like special effects, right? Like they're they're not actually filming in the rain. Yeah. They're actually adding effect rain effects on it too. Can you imagine being the VFX artist that's just like, yeah, I just gotta hide Godzilla for like <laughs> yep. eight months of my career. Yep. And th- that's that's one thing I can definitely say with King of the Monsters, or not, not King of the Monsters, Godzilla vs. Kong, is even though I do prefer King of the Monsters, like, even the fight at night, mm-hmm. it's bright and filled with fucking neon, so you can see mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can get behind this. Even if five years from now, the CGI doesn't hold up as well, I don't really care, because it's a Godzilla movie. I'm not expecting it to be, like, blend, blend seamlessly. Like, it, it's not like watching sam raimi's spider-man now and going like wow it looks like a cartoon like spider-man swinging around when spider-man is supposed to be realistic it's it's a giant monster it's it's i know it's not real (laughs) at least for me anyway like i I don't care like give give me my monsters (laughs) that's all i want give me my monsters give it to me Speaking uh, of monsters. <laughs> is that our segue to Twin Peaks? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, it I mean, is now. It, it could well, it be. <laughs> all right. So final verdict on Godzilla versus Kong. We all loved it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, uh, no complaints. Four, four monkeys out of five. Um, <laughs> yeah. Excellent movie. Yep. Uh, it's it's in my top ten Godzilla films ever. Yeah. I can't um, that. It is. If, if it you is just wonderful. if if you're just if you're just like me and you just like like seeing cool monster designs and cool like monster uh like like acting animation all that stuff is 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 more of that is good. Well, th- it's like, great. It doesn't have Don Fry, which yeah. let's work on that for the next one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it had boy, it had boy band though, and the, band. and Mister the Nun, and Mister the Nun uh mm-hmm. well listen listen cat we are definitely going to I, I i didn't know that you hadn't seen so few godzilla movies so we're gonna have to do a lot more godzilla watch parties <laughs> i i really want to see i really want to see shin godzilla oh that, you're, that you're, one. Gonna, you're gonna see it you're also gonna see it yeah. all monsters attack which is the one where the stupid oh goddamn God. bully the i boy, hate you <laughs> no no you're gonna watch it because we're gonna riff it and we're gonna have fun and it's gonna be right, less insufferable right. than justice league <laughs> it's not gonna be as bad as justice league Oh God! It was it's, like get me the get me the Snyder cut of that movie. It's gonna be pretty bad though. Oh my God! All right, so uh, Twin Peaks. How the fuck do we start Twin Peaks? Um, well, I think I think we just need to like retouch on that bit of backstory for the context. Okay. Um, <laughs> Saber and I have known each other for a long time, and Twin Peaks is something that has been brought up during many a a drinking session of blue moons in his driveway of you got to see twin peaks you got to see twin Peaks," and everything that i had seen about it from like the pop culture standpoint was oh weird wacky red room and strange audio shit happens and it just it, it didn't appeal to me i'm i'm a fan of uh of lynch's work but for some reason, I just never wanted to give this show a shot. And apparently, I'm not the only person whose <laughs> saber was trying to get into this show. You, Both of you are two of many who I have been trying to get into the show. My work is never done trying to get more people to watch Twin Peaks. That is very true. I have not known James as long. Only like 
three years, four years? Uh, four years now. Yeah, because yeah, lot, yeah, lot, since Lost I'm Legacy. I'm like, I'm like, when was Lost Legacy? Time doesn't exist anymore. Time is a flat okay. circle. Yeah, <laughs> time is a flat circle. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of just a um, I, uh, I really hadn't heard too much about it other than that it was weird. Um, I've seen a lot of Lynch's other stuff. I like his movies. Um, and yeah, then then James was just like, hey, let's do, let's just watch Twin Peaks uh, since there's a pandemic and you don't have anything else to do. And I'm like, hey, you and know. you're trapped. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I've officially cornered with a You're trapped in here with, to, to circle back to Snyder, you're trapped in here with me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I, uh, Definitely do not regret it, though. And uh, for me personally, Twin Peaks was something I had known about for a long time because my dad was a fan of Twin Peaks. However, due to the Twin Peaks' subject matter, young baby boy James was not allowed to watch Twin Peaks, even though he saw a couple clips every now and then. And then one Christmas, like 2007, I think, I got my dad the complete dvd box set for twin peaks and i had still never seen it or known really anything about it but i got him the box set for christmas because i knew he liked the show and that was basically once once he opened that he basically was like well you and i are watching the entire thing and i was like okay sure fine whatever and that that was my introduction to twin peaks my dad cornering me similar to how i cornered you <laughs> And then, so you're just keeping the tradition alive. I'm keeping the tradition yeah. alive. It yeah. just it took a lot longer for me to corner you two as opposed to my dad who did it within an hour. <laughs> you got to work on that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the next the next group you uh, seduce to the dark side will exactly. be uh, you know only only take like a couple months, then you'll have a couple weeks. You know, it, 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 you'll work up to it. Exactly. So both both of you had heard it was weird. And then what were your impressions from, like, the first episode? Well, before we get too deep into it, um, just in case uh, viewers haven't seen anything for Twin Peaks, this is only spoilers for the first two seasons of the show and for the film Firewalk With Me. We haven't done Mm -hmm. anything yet for the third season, which will be coming soon. Starting next week. Yeah. Um, So first impressions are tonally it was nothing like what i expected because not at all all of the um all of the things that have become part of this twin peaks meme culture only start to materialize very very uh infrequently in the first season and then very late in the second season the entire series does have a persistent quirky charm about it that Mm -hmm. i i kind of feel is lynch's just like that's his characteristics you know just kind of it's in there he's trying he's trying to do his his strange fantasy supernatural stuff with the plot and then still keep that little down to earth tugging on your heartstring humanity about it but all of this meme culture it it almost isn't present in the first two seasons until the very end um bits of the of the uh the red room the black lodge uh show up now and then and you'll get the weird uh reversed audio segments that have become famous from the show so first impressions of small town girl murdered 
FBI agent dispatched, it it felt just like any sort of primetime TV investigative show. Yeah. It didn't it, feel like this legendary uh, oddity yes. that it had been pitched as by people. Um, yeah. 100%. I, yeah. I remember getting, well, especially because so much of the sort of like push for me to watch Twin Peaks was the comparison to Deadly Premonition, which I have, I have watched been played and I, I've played a little bit of. So having that as my baseline for, okay, this is what Twin Peaks is going to be. And seeing that first episode was very much like people oversold the weirdness here by a mile, <laughs> um, which they, I, I still think maybe it was a little bit oversold how weird it was. Sure. Um, but it, it does get weird. <clears throat> it gets very and I, weird. I, yeah. And I think I think some of my favorite aspects of it were the fact that Lynch is is kind of coming at this um, as a film director. Yes. Mm-hmm. Over a TV director where, you know, like a lot of the show is shot like a soap opera. But um, in terms of like storyline and like narrative and and how things play out and kind of like where you know where things go um but the cinematography is all film mm-hmm. it's 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 very filmic um it goes to some very weird places especially with the audio mixing like his audio was some of the most creative usage of sound effects to elicit horror and and to to elicit emotions any sort of like disturbing or yeah. You know, I mean, even even I would even argue that, like, he also does it to elicit, like, the opposite of disturbing emotions, too, because there's there's also this really nice kind of like familiar warmth with, like, the show. I don't know if you guys necessarily felt this, but and I, I didn't necessarily feel it, I think, while we were watching. But when I think back on it. It's like there's this, like, fondness yeah. for the kind of like really gentle, like little, um. The little uh, Cooper moments and the, the and, yeah the, yes. the the gentle goofy uh uh um sorry what's it called uh uh soap opera moments yeah mm-hmm. you know where where you're just like oh yeah like we we all kind of didn't appreciate like James and that those like I also plot don't lines were a little me. bit yeah. I, I never <laughs> appreciate me. yeah the the James and Donna plot threads are almost entirely unnecessary yes but i i get what you mean there's there is a uh there is the sort of charm to these characters that you forget that you're watching a mind-bending show about a murder yeah when you've got uh, such a quirky lovable lead as agent yeah. Dale Cooper, yeah. when you have and having coffee and pie with the mm-hmm. sheriff when you, you have just... a little scene a little scene of of lucy and what's his face Andy. filling in a crossword puzzle Mm-hmm. I don't think it was Andy. I think oh. it was somebody else. Um, it's like one of the. It was like. And there's just so many little like little moments that I remember where I'm just like, it's not even necessary. It's almost like a nostalgic feeling. Yeah. For a moment, I didn't personally experience. It's it's it, that's and also... I feel like that was elicited because of Lynch's like filmic experience. That's also like, why I feel like that's what he brought to. That's also why I had us watch the opening so often because at least for me. Like that yeah. opening sequence with the, the the Twin Peaks opening theme and just the the, mm-hmm. the shots of the landscape for me that that like it gives me that warmth and nostalgia and like comfort of just like I'm 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 easing myself back into this world and just 
I can't wait to go back on this ride and that bird, that sweet bird. Yeah, the sweet yeah. bird. I you know. I am a sucker for opening um opening themes anyway. So yeah. I I very rarely skip over intros for shows. Same. Uh I've been trying to get James to watch Erased. I will. Um, We're going to do it for this podcast. Erased, you you should never skip the intro for. We're going to do it for this podcast once we're done with Twin Peaks, Kat. That's that's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. and I I have not, I have never skipped an intro for uh, Attack on Titan either because I need to hear those songs (laughs) all the time. Especially when it comes to to a lot of anime. Yeah, Yeah. there are just songs, you know. You know, if you're watching Evangelion, you better stand and put your hand over your heart for the national (laughs) anthem of Weeb's Cruel Angel's thesis. It's it's illegal to skip the openings of Evangelion and Cowboy Bebop. It's illegal. To a a not as, like, epic degree, I feel like the Twin Peaks theme does the same thing, where it, it... it it gets you right into it it fits exactly the mood of the show it's a little weird a little quirky but mostly really wholesome mm-hmm. and you're like oh yeah and yep. you forget it lulls you into false security because you forget it's about a horrible murder and a bunch of horrible things happening below the surface and that's the whole point yep. <laughs> it's it's i like i also don't skip the breaking bad intro because hell yeah on one it's hand 10 it's, seconds. it's 10 seconds yeah. but also i i dig that that mm-hmm. that that brief theme you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it twin peaks lulls you into a false sense of security so much that sometimes you even forget that the horrible things that have happened have occurred to fucking minors like yes. Laura Par- palmer is 17 mm-hmm. and and like a lot of the shit that we were watching in like fire walk with me which we'll get to when we see laura palmer and like ronna pelaski and even donna as much as we hate donna some of the shit mm-hmm. that happens to her we have to remember that that they're fucking 17 <laughs> and yeah. it's like it makes it's it a very really, dark show yeah yeah it it covered a lot of it lulls you into that false sense of security before hitting you with some really dark and heinous and gut-wrenching shit like mm-hmm. leland leland and and sarah finding out that their daughter was murdered like that entire mm-hmm. shot in the opening of just of sarah on the phone with leland and leland's trying to calm her down it's like oh you know i'm sure she's fine and then she, he overhears the sheriff go like is leland palmer around and just that mm-hmm. that look on ray weiss's face and mm-hmm. just sarah being like leland what is it what is it what is it and he just can't say anything mm-hmm. like that entire thing is just so gut-wrenching and it just it's so sad like god damn yeah. and yeah, then and then, I... then we get a goofy scene with 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 some other character immediately afterwards yeah. Yeah. Martel or Nadine or, <laughs> or David Lynch screaming well, and, God, and yeah. that's a great that's a great um contrast too is when you have such a diverse cast mm-hmm. you need those lighter more jovial aspects to contrast the horrible darkness that's going on with the show yeah mm-hmm. and this is something that um Kat and I have debated a bit in the past is uh the size of the roster size mm-hmm. of the cast um, i personally love shows that have uh massive amounts of cast members i you know game of thrones i love following the storylines of 30 people um and twin peaks could have admittedly shaved off a handful and made the story more concise but when you've got a rich cast of side characters like 
you know, the intrepid Audrey Horn trying to get to the bottom of her friend Laura's death or um, the, you know, the adorable deputy Andy who's trying to manage being a competent officer of the law and figure out if he's the father of a child that he didn't expect. And then, of course, the adventures of the mystical skinwalking sorcerer of space. <laughs> God damn it. Um, you, you need a variety. Your favorite character. <laughs> you, you need a variety of, mm-hmm. of different layers and flavors of characters yeah. with a show of that tone. Yeah. And if to you harken- cut out james and josie then you've got a good cast <laughs> yes to hearken to hearken back to our, our our debate i would i would argue that um i don't i don't hate large casts i think as a not even necessarily as a rule but just as a preference i like smaller um like tighter stories just just mm-hmm. that's that's my personal preference i think it works really really well for twin peaks and for games like game of thrones you know i think it works for for sprawling stories i think in Twin Peaks, it works really well because it shows just kind of how. I, I actually read a tweet about this recently, where it was it was talking about how Twin Peaks was like an, a master class in how to make a murder show about the victim, as yeah. opposed mm-hmm. to you know, and and it just goes to show you that like yeah, that that is actually true because that whole cast, every single one of them had some relation to Laura. Yep. You know, no matter how kind of like tangential it was they all kind of tied back into they were all into her they were all affected by oh they were all affected by it regardless of how scummy they were like fucking bobby briggs they they were so i think that works i just i think i think james sucked (laughs) i do suck but also james hurley sucks no i think i think a couple of the characters were maybe um extraneous in a way that their their role could have been performed by an existing member of the of the crew without yeah. much being changed like without anything really being too too different like I, I feel like i feel like a lot of the james donna scenes that happened didn't really give us insight into james or donna and didn't give us any insight into the into laura and the murder and what was actually happening to the like main kind of like MacGuffin plot um that somebody else couldn't have also gotten yeah, like a revelation somebody else couldn't have gotten. Well, like, Sorry. like, mm-hmm. go ahead. like what, 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 what you're saying too, like, is for example, so we have the the Cooper and law enforcement investigation of who killed Laura Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have James and Donna, and then eventually Maddie. And I'm fine with Maddie as a character, right? Especially because mm-hmm. we got to see more Cheryl Lee alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But we we have them not, basically, not <laughs> yeah, we we have them basically being the Scooby Doo gang and trying to solve Laura's murder. But then we also have Audrey Horn trying to solve Laura's murder because she has an attachment to Cooper because she she has the hots for him. And it's like, you could have dropped the James and Donna stuff and just beefed up Audrey even a little more. And at least for me, and, and I, I am guessing both of you, Audrey was at least a far more interesting and compelling character to investigate this sort of, sort of shit, especially yeah, since I, she gets I in over her, her head. Yeah, I loved Audrey. I think you could have probably given her a Scooby gang. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if 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 basically you just wrap up the, if you just tied, like, have a different character, have a different, you know, I mean, you could even have James just write him better. But, but yeah, if it and, had been, if it had been like Audrey, James, and, uh, uh, what was it, Betty? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Betty, if it yeah. had been them, I might have actually been more okay with it. Um, but I think because we had this, like, just like, Essentially, like a Nancy Drew and a Scooby Gang, I was kind of like, 
one of these one of these things is better than the other <laughs> so i'm 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 less interested in in uh wasting time on on only you uh covers <laughs> and 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 one of those things interacts with best boy cooper more often which is why it's better than the other <laughs> true dad although although i was i was pretty disturbed by that stuff but it, that's, it's it's that's it's me no it's I, I i feel you on that uh again at least they wrote it out eventually mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm fine with it going one way of her just being like i have the hots for yeah for and that makes that makes sense but yeah if if he had reciprocated i think that would have been a little over that would have been a lot over the line for me yeah yeah um, I, like I, i'm glad they had that scene of cooper being like no we're friends and being like mm-hmm. no it's immoral it's against my code i appreciate you as a friend and like mm-hmm. you can't you can't do this like no i can't do i can't do this you're you're a high schooler i don't care if you're 18 or not you're a high schooler no mm-hmm. no i like i appreciate that kyle mclaughlin kind of put his foot down for that even Although, if it probably yeah, stemmed from it was probably more due to the fact that he was dating he was laura dating... flynn boyle and laura yeah. flynn boyle didn't want that because she didn't like sherilyn finn apparently yeah well twin peaks is a show that especially in those two seasons was just plagued by um i don't want to just say outside interference because i mean the the channels and and all the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff was also to blame for the the strange pacing of the second season and the early reveal of the murderer mm-hmm. um and we'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah also having things like personal likes and dislikes of the cast come into play and alter the the predicated storyline is just Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strange intricacies to such a short show. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and uh, which is not necessarily unheard of that that these things outside influence. Um, and it's also not necessarily unheard of, at least for me, that that those things kind of, you know, sometimes uh, make things for the better, right? I know we I know we had talked about before um, to harken back to the Snyder cut that I had mentioned, um, you know, being happy for less studio interference yeah. um but i i do think that doesn't necessarily mean zero studio interference oh yeah or course. zero interference from outside sources whatsoever yeah. because i do think that you know at, at some point you can get into a situation where like the the emperor the the director the creative head of the show or whatever um can have no clothes uh and then you know you do want to like you get into a Lucas situation, right? Where yep. it's it's oh nobody can say no to George Lucas because he created fucking Star Wars, and then we end up with the prequels. Like a so a good example of just somewhat interference, like in this case, cast is uh, Breaking Bad, where Giancarlo mm. Esposito's Gus Fring was yes. only supposed to be a minor character, and Vince Gilligan liked working with him and was like, "Hey, can we bring you back for season three? And Giancarlo Esposito saw potential with Gus. And told him, you can bring me back only if my role is expanded. And Vince Gilligan is very, from what I've heard, open to adjusting shit and 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 making the show better. I mean, like, as we've seen and as we've heard, like, Jesse was supposed to die in season one. But the writer's right. strike pushed that to be a potential season two thing, only for mm-hmm. Vince Gilligan to grow attached to Jesse because of Aaron Paul's performance and keep him around... Mm-hmm thus making him the fucking heart of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Stabbing at Justice League again. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> but like, and, and I think we can all agree that Giancarlo Esposito 
sticking around as Gus Thring throughout season three and four mm-hmm. was to the be- like the benefit of Breaking Bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I would also uh, like to once again circle back to Erased and say that the um, the ending for Erased in the anime is very different. Um, and it is very much the better for it. Um, yep. So yeah, I would I would argue sometimes sometimes stuff by committee can be better than stuff by solo artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go going on. Yes, Twin Peaks definitely. Like I feel like I feel like that's one example where I I I personally am okay with outside interference affecting the story. Um, but yeah, from the later uh, the later stuff. It's pretty clear that that it's yeah, not, it, it it's, was not a hundred percent, but it was definitely not beneficial for two weeks. Yeah, it's I guess to get to the 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 uh, the dark spot of Twin Peaks for for those listening who haven't seen the show, uh, they they forced the creative team to reveal the killer about I don't know seven seven episodes into to, to Twin Peaks, and then they wrap up that entire storyline a couple episodes later. And then the show kind of immediately takes a very, very strong nosedive in uh, in quality and becomes a pretty bit rocky. I mean, it still has some fun stuff, I think, especially like I, I can dig the Cooper stuff. That's also where we got David Duchovny, who was amazing. Um, a, a very, a very strong second act villain uh, in Wyndham Earl. Who's... Yes. Mm-hmm charming performance charming great performance. character work I, I i do think that some twin... nice scenery chewing yeah yeah i I, I do i do think that twin peaks would have benefited if the reveal of the killer uh and and wrapping that up was the end of the second season and mm-hmm. then they gave the writers a full year to figure out how to continue from there as yeah. opposed to yeah. just immediately follow this up with whatever the fuck you can which mm-hmm. is James fucking around, uh, doing nothing, and Nadine which... becoming a cheerleader, oh and uh, Ben Horn losing his mind and thinking he's a Civil War veteran for six episodes. For six yeah. episodes. Oh my god! No, yeah, that was that was concurrent with uh, Nadine thinking she was a high school student. Yes. God. Ugh. Yes. And gaining superpowers somehow. And yes. Well, no, well, to be fair, the superpowers they kind of hinted at earlier on in season one that she had insane strength. Mm. Um, but it did become a little preposterous when she became a cheerleader <laughs> yeah, and was throwing people around all willy nilly. Mm-hmm. And then Josie becoming a maid uh, and then oh, eventually yeah. becoming a doorknob. Although I'm fine with her yep. becoming a doorknob because that was weird. <laughs> we I, need more people being morphed into doorknobs in fiction. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. It's only happened once. And then it does kind of start to redeem itself a little bit because it starts focusing more on Wyndham Earl, mm-hmm. although not immediately because there's still some of that rough stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have a- anything you want to say about the rough stuff. Uh, mercifully, just... we skipped over all of the James scenes, so yes. that was nice. I, I, I think I, I did not subject you to we... any of the James scenes. I think, therefore, Lee and I have a bit of a nicer opinion of that rough patch than most people. You might, because... I'm, I don't want to speak for Lee, but I remember thinking it wasn't as bad as 
as you had kind of forewarned and the the little metric thingy had forewarned yes. but then but then you reminded us that oh well that's because we did we skipped 20 minutes an episode and i was like oh god that's right <laughs> yeah uh so basically james hurley fucks off and he meets some lady and she asks him to fix this car that she fucked up that belongs to her husband and then James Hurley and her kind of start up this romantic relationship and we find out that she and the manservant at this place are actually in cahoots and lovers and are trying to use James Hurley as the fall guy for the reject film noir plot where they kill her husband and um but she starts kind of getting second thoughts because she starts to genuinely care about James Hurley for some reason. And then Donna shows up because she likes James Hurley for some reason, even though he's James Hurley. And then uh, the big confrontation happens and the, 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 the film noir femme fatale lady kills her manservant, if I remember correctly. And she's like, oh, I'm going to take the fall. I had a redemption because of you. And then James Hurley and Donna fuck off. And then James is like, all right, I'm going to California. I'm going to leave the entire series for forever. And Donna's like, eh, just you, yeah, stupid song. And, uh, and that's the end of James Hurley. As you can see, we didn't miss much for of, of six episodes of James Hurley plot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can watch it if you want. Please say no. God no. <laughs> Thank you. God no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then, then, then the show kind of starts getting weirder. Even though it also has the Miss Twin Peaks patch and stuff, which I I know you hated, Cat. Um, or at least kind of disliked. I yeah, I was. I mean, once once I kind of figured out like what that the the. the queen thing was was part of it that he was like targeting one of them i was like, okay well it has something to do with it i was just kind of like I, what, what does this have to I, do with anything yeah just kind of like all right we're just getting all the together i, I get what they were going for but mm -hmm. i was just kind of like eh. uh, uh lee what what about you do you have anything to say <laughs> about the rough patch and, and um, the rebound I mean, it comes down to kind of what I touched on earlier of just needing to whittle down certain aspects of the cast. And unfortunately, the situation with the structure of the second season with needing to rush the reveal, it put a lot of characters into a super tough spot of... Mm -hmm. You know, why are we still following this person? Mm -hmm. Why do we care? Yeah. You know, if if the only reason that they were around is because they were Laura's friend, then it's time for them to leave the narrative. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, hastily throwing in Billy Zane. And as much as I like <laughs> Billy Zane, and I thought he was fine in the show, he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> no, he was there as an unnecessary addition to Audrey's... Uh, storyline which already with the new writing direction was absurd um, yes audrey yeah. having audrey. been under the thumb of her father and victimized and and nearly yep. sexually assaulted by him 
Mm-hmm. Then, then suddenly has a change of heart and wants to run the family business and she loves her daddy it, yes. it was absurd. and she's gotta she's gotta rescue him from the civil war <laughs> that was just it was it was such a yeah i think she i think audrey's character probably suffered the most from the I, oh god i almost want to no, say we suffered strike. the most cat yeah that's, that, the most. that's true that's true um, but yeah, she definitely took a major, a major character hit. Cause before that she was so, so gutsy in yep. everything she did. And so then brazen. suddenly she was, I think we had like one little element being gutsy, which was when, when she was threatening her uncle. Yeah. I think that was the only moment where I was like, oh, there's the old Audrey. And then it was, right. it was gone immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, all right. Like I, I, I love Audrey Horn until the bad shit the 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 quality tanks and it's Mm -hmm. like we have nothing to give audrey horn and it's like you're wasting such a compelling and interesting character yeah it's Uh, heartbreaking like she's so fun and gutsy and brazen and and bold and and kind of a brat but deep down her heart's kind of in the right place despite being a brat like you know in that first episode she fucking completely ruins her dad's like uh whole investment thing because she tells the the, the people trying to invest oh yeah. hey hey uh a girl got murdered here and it's like she she's she's a spoiled little rich brat but deep down she does kind of want to do the right thing to an extent it's interesting and, and she's bold and brazen and brash and then mm-hmm. she just doesn't really do anything except mm-hmm. for fall in love with billy zane and claim that billy zane is the love of her life even though I thought Cooper was the love of her life. <laughs> it's, She's it's... a young girl, James. She doesn't understand. Apparently. Uh, but then we get to uh, the season finale, which I I, I told you was the uh, a, a big increase um, in quality. Yes. Yeah, that was, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where we can really start sinking our teeth into the perceived image that twin peaks has correct this is the episode that people think of when they hear the words twin peaks yeah i i think that's i i 100 agree with you there i think Uh, that's 100 accurate because yeah if you if you do only think of the final episode and don't think of the countless hours that came before it that are that are a sweet almost soap opera murder mystery you're like Oh yeah, the show is weird as fuck. Yeah, it, it's it's presented beautifully. Um, oh. The whole cinematic approach to it, the fact that this aired on primetime television is absurd. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, the the structure of it, or tasteful lack thereof, even <laughs> is it's a it, it's batshit. It's absolutely batshit. The um, entire red room shit. In, yes when it's just 20 minutes of cooper just being just with one reaction face of what the fuck is going on yeah tying together multiple threads from throughout the two seasons um great character performance by uh laura palmer's actress uh which i'll <clears throat> double dip on that sentiment when we get to Firewalk with me oh god yeah um yeah the finale to season two is such a strong statement of this is what you all are in for. So buckle up. 
and prepare yourself. Yeah. And it would have led to an extremely exciting third season at the time. Um, but obviously the, uh, <laughs> maybe that season finale was a little too much for people at the time. I, I don't know a lot about the story surrounding why the show got pulled when it did. Um, or if it was just a case of Lynch losing interest, everything of backlash, everything leading up to the finale is why the show got pulled. Ratings were yeah. just abysmal. So like that mm -hmm. entire, mm -hmm. that entire chunk of rough patch along with the rebuild is why the show got canceled. The, yeah. the finale was Lynch's <sighs> latch last ditch effort to try to save the series and admittedly, after it got canceled, there was a big fan campaign and letter writing campaign to try to get the show a third season. Mm -hmm. But the damage of those episodes had been done because once uh, it was revealed who killed Laura Palmer and once uh, that entire storyline was wrapped up and the writers had nothing to do, uh, people lost interest because they're like, why am I going to sit down and watch a 45 minute episode? where a good chunk of it is going to be James fucking off and doing nothing or <laughs> Nadine being a cheerleader or mm -hmm. Ben Horn being in the civil war or whatever. Uh, and all this other ridiculous shit. Uh, and not having the knowledge that we have now as people watching it years later of be aware going into this chunk of the season that there's yes. a dip in quality. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. No, if, yeah, I feel like if I had been watching live going from yeah admittedly week week, fantastic yeah. admittedly fantastic finale of the the killer reveal mm -hmm. to i don't even remember the episode that came next but it was the i would funeral have been for, furious <laughs> it was the funeral like we haven't said who the killer is i mean i guess we should because we can't really talk about fire and walk with me without saying who the killer is. technically we okay we like immediately Immediately spoiled like all of the Snyder cut, and yeah. immediately spoiled the uh, King Kong. Uh, Kong and like King of Monsters and a bunch of other stuff. And then we're like, we're really tiptoeing around the Twin Peaks spoiler, despite yeah. the fact that the show from years ago, <laughs> the show from like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Leland Palmer being possessed by spooky Black Lodge spirit Bob. Who yeah, both performances are fantastic because Ray Wise mm -hmm. is. Ray Wise is a fucking God, delight. Ray Wise is so good. And Frank Silva's Bob is suitably fucking creepy and horrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a nice, well-adjusted human being. Yeah. Yes. And quite. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. No, the, the the episode immediately following the 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 Leland's death slash Bob revealing himself to to Cooper and Bob fucking off to the Black Lodge was uh, Leland's funeral slash wake, and mm -hmm. um. That's also when we started to get introduced to the whole uh, Cooper receiving his uh, comeuppance for going to Canada to rescue Audrey Horn and also the sting against Jacques Renault. His um, investigation into the, the drug claims yeah. of trafficking. Right. And yes. that, that I didn't mind quite no. too much because we got Duchovny. And yes. it was more Colin McLaughlin and, and, and the show. Yeah, exactly. I like I liked the, um, what's it called, crew? The, uh, the detective, the cops. Yes. I really like that they all have they all have a really nice dynamic with each other. I feel yes. like um, best best boy Harry. 
the yeah, bromance yeah. between Harry I, Truman I, and Cooper is so strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the like every everything else kind of like once you because essentially, despite the fact that this show that you know like Twin Peaks is very much about Laura Palmer and her yeah. death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, but like the the you know the big kind of like linchpin of that, so to speak. Is her murderer, right? Even yeah. though even though it's not like the show is not about her murderer, and even when we find out who it is, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily stop being interesting. But once you kind of like once that connection was severed, once Bob and Leland were out of the picture, Laura is also out of the picture mm-hmm. in a way. Yep. And and therefore, like everyone who had a connection to Laura, tenuous connection kind of also gets severed from a point in the narrative yep right whereas like the cops the cops kind of still have a thing to do because they were probably the least related to laura right yeah they they were police officers investigating a crime um you know despite the fact that we now you know know especially from fire walk with me that like cooper was getting some sort of you know he already had a connection to this this stuff and you know he's got his weird spiritual stuff going on right um despite all that ultimately in in the narrative of the show at that point they're they're police officers so like seeing them continue to police is still like okay well that's still compelling because we all who doesn't like police procedurals right like that it's a genre it's a staple of uh you know primetime tv since god knows when right yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah, when like, it's like, James is like, what do you do with James? What do you do with the, the boyfriend? Like, right. Like, what do you do? What fucking, do you do with uh, Bobby Briggs and, and yeah, Shelly? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Norma like, what Jennings. do you do with Leo and that? Like, it's like, who, what do you do with half of these people? Yeah. It's I, like, I still love Pete Martell, but it's like, it, it's, what do you do with him? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Big Ed, but it's like, what do you do with Big Ed? Uh, wait, I, with, I, was the, was the. Was the yellow face in the bad episodes? No, that started. Let's in a good talk episode. about Catherine yeah, let's, Martell's let's, let's yellow talk about face. Let's talk about <laughs> Catherine Martell's yellow face. Spoilers. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little Spoilers. bit. Spoilers. <laughs> so at the end of season one, uh, Catherine Martell's in a bit of a pickle because she's in the uh, the 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 uh, the the, uh, the lumber mill and it's on fire and Shelley Briggs is there or not Shelley Briggs, <laughs> Shelley Shelley Johnson uh, because mm-hmm. Leo put. Shelly in there, and then Hank lured Catherine there because Ben Horn is a piece of shit, wanted to kill Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for a, a little bit, it seems like Catherine Martell is missing and or dead. Mm-hmm. And then... Burned to death in the mill. And then we have a mysterious Japanese man <laughs> who uh, kind of looks like somebody we know. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not a joke about like the, the actor looking like somebody in the show it's more that it looks like somebody me and cat know in real life so it's a little oh oh yeah that's right uh saber are you trying to say that all asian people look alike no all asian people just, look like Catherine martell i'm just saying that I'm, I'm just saying that Catherine makeup, martell is the mandarin yeah. i'm just saying that the makeup made 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 uh oh my god lee i just i took a soda it's like it literally came out my nose when you said that. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that the makeup was had a very strong resemblance to somebody that Kat and I know in oh real my. life. 
That's right. Well, okay, because it was it was like long hair and a and, and, a, a, and a super and a intense mustache, mustache. A super long and, mustache. Yeah, and I was just oh, like, me, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was exactly. just kind of like, oh, that that looks like so and so. And then James was like, oh, it's actually Catherine Martell in yellow face. And I was like, oh fuck, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I I, I had. I had tried oh, to so warn you bad. about that without spoiling it mm-hmm. beforehand. I was like, look, guys, all right, so <laughs> Twin Peaks kind of does this one thing and later on that even for the time was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm just did, letting you guys know in advance. Did they get backlash at the time? I, I don't know. I would assume so. I would assume they got a little backlash. I don't know. It was 1991. Things were a yeah, lot different back then. That's, Everything that's flew very in true. 91. I mean, this was yeah, uh, that's very true. This was I, like I, years. I ask because I'm 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 actually curious about like I don't know if anybody I have not looked into too much like recent Twin Peaks like criticism or anything. I have never I have never seen like the first time I heard about it was you you telling us when when she showed when that character showed up that it was Catherine. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. There, there's a little bit of that. Um, I mean, this was a couple years after... God, well, I can't even remember the actor's name. But uh, there was this one movie where this the, the premise of it was this white kid goes in blackface to get, like, a scholarship at a college. What? And it's this, like, comedy from the 80s. And it's oh just a white God. actor in blackface throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Oh, the I, spiritual oh the spiritual predecessor to white chicks got it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I can't remember i the actually movie. will and i and i don't i i i, I don't want to like rag on anyone who likes this movie if people like this movie. uh will will rented or will bought trading places the movie do you guys oh. know of that oh one? with with uh dan Aykroyd and eddie murphy yeah. Right? yeah yeah it's something else i was like trading uh, like, places is pretty good. I I, I hated it. I I, just, I haven't seen trading places. We, we as soon as as soon as like because uh, blackface happens, and as soon as that happened, I was just like, no, we're turning this off. <laughs> I had to watch it in school. Did you really? Yep. All um, right. So I, it was C. Thomas Howell from The Hitcher, and the movie was called Soul Man. Mm. Oh, that's already a dicey title. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, so. well, here we go. Directed by Steve Miner and written by Carol L. Black. So Carol felt allowed to do this whole black. <laughs> God damn it. I believe Steve Miner is a director of one of the Friday the 13th movies. She's yes. like, it's right in my name. I don't. Yes, there, yeah. Oh, and he also directed Halloween H2O and, and Lake Placid oh. and the Day of the Dead remake. Okay. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Outside of that. Um, there, there is some criticism about Twin Peaks and for the the, the, the yellow face, justifiably so. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also would recommend not looking into the Twin Peaks criticism just in case it eventually potentially in case it spoils, spoils three. season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's that is one of the 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 criticisms of Twin Peaks. Uh, some some of the criticism for Twin Peaks stems from some of the typical david lynch criticism of just weird for the sake of being weird or in mm. some instances of uh people saying that he exploits his actresses even though his actresses usually come out and go what the fuck are you talking about i'm fine i i, yeah. I love the role i'm glad i got to do this mm-hmm. uh, and 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 whatnot I, I don't know um like i i remember when season three came out without getting into spoilers there were some 
negative criticism about season three because it was like, oh, this, these horrible things are happening to these female characters. And I'm, I'm watching these episodes and I'm like, but equally horrible things are happening to the male characters too because it's, it's, I, again, I can't, I can't, sp I don't want to get into details because of spoilers, but like they yeah. called out one scene, but like the scene they're calling out involves two characters dying, one male, mm -hmm. one female. And it's like, both characters died horribly in this scene. Why are you only focusing on one side of it? Mm -hmm. Sort mm -hmm. of thing? Yeah, that that is definitely a thing that um, commonly gets... Yeah. kind of leveled at these things where it's if you're not ha if you're not okay with seeing it seeing something like that done one way you shouldn't be okay with it the other way you yeah. know like if, it, if you're not if you're not good with like that happen to a woman it shouldn't also happen to a man and vice versa um so therefore like you, you know like like you're allowed to right like you are definitely allowed to say hey i don't like personally really 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 don't like any sort of sexual assault on yeah. on camera that's yeah. that's a that's a thing that makes me very very uncomfortable in in my media right um i would not say like oh i'm fine if a, like i'm fine with deliverance but yeah. i'm not okay with i spit on your grave right like it's yeah. like no i no i'm i'm not okay with either of those things right like mm -hmm. both of them are horrible um both of them are horrible but, and uh, and, yeah and... that that being said to 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 segue um yeah, I think that I really enjoyed Firewalk with me, the movie. Um, I think that was one of the harder scenes to watch. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, but ultimately, you know, you 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 had given a little bit of a you know discussion on like how victims of incest had come out and like were grateful for that scene mm -hmm. being shown because it was true to you know their yeah. experience and stuff like that. And I I do appreciate that, and I I think. To get into like my own personal philosophy for a minute, um, I think my big problem with that sort of thing on film is less less so just just purely depicting it, and more so depicting it solely as a threat against female characters. Yeah. Um, or even and and and, and, cases. and or and or filming it for titillation. Yeah. Over. Yes. Over yes. horror. That, like if you're if you're absolutely. gonna if you're gonna show it, it needs to be horrifying. It can't it can't be it can't be, oh, this is hot or whatever. Like and, it has yeah. to like like the scene in Twin Peaks is fucking horrifying. And, yeah, and, and that's that's, that's what it's supposed to be. I appreciate about like the way it's handled in, in Fire yeah. Walk with me is it's 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 fucking horrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it's scary and it's uncomfortable and it's brutal and it's not like Oh, we we want a scene with tits. Let's film yeah. a rape scene, like a lot of shitty eighties or seventies exploitation yeah. handled it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a or generally like, uncomfortable moment. Yeah, even it's, a lot, it's a, a lot of modern, scarring experience. Yeah, even a lot of modern media will will you know depict a a male villain as a you know like willing to assault women. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just as a as almost like a shorthand for look how evil. Yeah. And it's just kind of like you can portray how evil that person is without necessarily like you can't like don't don't use that as shorthand. Yeah. That that's my that, that's my line. I think is I don't want I don't want 
a character shorthand to be oh like rapist equals evil because then you're just automatically reducing like like okay so the 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 scary thing the reason i'm scared right now is because this guy like you know like the reason i'm scared for like a male character in a, in a terrible in a like like scary situation with a villain is for a myriad of reasons those same reasons can be applied to a scene with a male villain and a female hero without mm-hmm. it being rape yep yes and and so i i think also too like it like that's because that's like one of the things that even like the series touches upon although we never really see too much of it outside of the ben horn being really creepy towards not knowing that like the girl was audrey but like like we we know like they say in the first episode laura was sexually assaulted before she died Mm -hmm. and it's like we know that this is going to be part of it and then like even later on when we find out that leland went through the same thing that bob did the same thing to him yes and it's just because like i I even remember when when during that reveal I when I had to point that out, it's like no, Leland's actually being literal in this case. Yeah. Of he was a victim of sexual assault by by Bob. Yeah. And just you and Lee both being like, oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's God. and that's also one of those things that's like because it is often generational, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I like God is uh, as a as a real world example, but like um, watching the uh, oh my God, what is it called? I think it's the Globe. Right, the one where they—it's them uncovering the the Catholic Church yeah, yeah. sex abuse scandals. Yeah, um, that one was really hard for me because, like, of personal things in my you know in my life where mm-hmm. like I you know nothing terrible has ever happened to me, but like uh, you know I I went to Catholic school all of my life, and there were definitely things that happened at that school that were like that. Yeah, um, and yeah, just like like, but but kind of seeing because like i remember there's specifically a scene uh in that movie where uh they go interview one of the one of the priests and um very specifically the guy like denies being it like straight up he's he's like oh i didn't i didn't rape that guy because i know what it's like like i was raped and it's like oh my god you know like it's one of those things where you're like yeah this is this is a it's a you know yeah people people like that aren't born they're made right like it's it's so yeah it like i i think i think twin peaks does a really good job of of yeah it's of of getting into that really dark shit without it being exploitative or it's a it's it's used as a a a tool by by Mm -hmm. hacks to exactly inject this very surface level amount of of unease of like oh mm-hmm. he's so evil he sexually assaults people it's like okay mm-hmm. it's it's just such uh i i hate to use the word um like overplayed because it makes it sound like a gimmick and i'm not trying to underplay mm-hmm. yes. the act at all but the yeah, number of saying. the number of films or books or anything that use uh, sexual assault or rape as a part of the the plot itself or as a character trait <clears throat> the ones that do it well i can count on one hand yeah and mm-hmm. i'm i'm struggling to think of enough to cover all those yeah like, uh, twin peaks did it very well with bob i think berserk did it very well you silent hill to, too really i'd have to rack my brain to think of any others i think silent mm-hmm. hill 2 is a good example although we don't ah. see it we just know that it happened 
to Angela. Yes. Um, and it's it's more abstract. Like like I mean like if you look at the the abstract daddy enemy, it's like you can fucking tell if you mm -hmm. close examine it that like yeah this is what it's supposed to represent. But it yeah. it, it never plays it for titillation. It's there no. and and it's part of Angela's backstory and she's clearly mm -hmm. traumatized and broken because of it and and mm -hmm. it's it's handled Gosh, tastefully i would say i'm yeah i'm also trying to think of of movies that i I'd that, handle, that handle it really well because like i've i i think blue so velvet does. so so yeah i think yeah i think i would agree with you blue velvet's probably another good one um i so personally like I, like i'm a big fan of horror movies right so i i do seek out a lot of horror um and therefore like i'm not i'm not averse to being made uncomfortable by a movie i'm yeah. not averse to having my having my buttons pushed or or having my lines like towed you know a little bit um but uh so i i have i have ended up watching a lot of you know like i like i've seen i spin on and stuff like i've seen movies with with graphic scenes of that right yeah. I've I've seen movies with I've seen plenty of very graphic movies um, in my time watching horror, um, and I would say the stuff that like because that stuff like like something like I spit on your grave is like that's the like there was never any getting around that right like no. they weren't it wasn't it like the movie the movie blurb itself is about that right like no. if if I'm picking up that movie I know. Or like Last House right. on the Left, at least the original, anyway. Yes. Although the remake yeah. kind of it, yeah, the remake is, it a little oh bit. Oh god, like, yeah, no, the remake. I, I think I, I think I've complained about the remake before. It's literally shot like a hundred percent for titillation, and it's just awful. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the point I'm trying to make is that like, uh, it's 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 simultaneously about how well you broach the subject matter. So like, you know, Twin Peaks, like obviously first episode, they they tell you that's what happened to her. Um, you know, you you kind of know going in already that like, hey, a girl was murdered. Probably, you know, it's it's gonna get dark, right? Like you're not gonna watch a serial killer movie and not, you know, expect that um hey buddy. Um you know, like like especially if it's one where like like the Hannibal Lecter films or something like that, right? Yeah. Like like for the most part, they kind of shy away from that sort of stuff, but it's still it's very much still a part of how it is. Um, and then uh, to that to that note, though, I think I think part of it is just like consent, right? Like it's like you know, it, like if I'm if I'm seeking out if I'm seeking out a movie like uh, a Serbian film, that's my prerogative, right? Like yeah, <laughs> like. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm seeking that out. I'm knowing what I'm getting myself into, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, like if it makes me too uncomfortable, I can turn it off and be like, well, that was, that was too much for me, but it's not, you know, like, like I think, uh, there are certain movies that, that definitely have sprung it on me in a way where I was like, like the first evil dead was a really good example of, I, mm. that, that, that getting sprung on me suddenly like that was, um, not okay with me. Um, and it definitely left a really bad taste in my mouth about that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so, so while, while, while Twin Peaks, I think kind of towed that line a little bit, just because I did not, don't think I expected to see it 
in a scene, you know, because I think I think they did a in the like obviously the show is network TV, so they couldn't really yeah the show do, told do you everything you needed to know without seeing it yeah exactly. But the movie you see it and it's you know it's but yeah. but I I, di- I didn't I didn't hate it as much as I thought I might have because that is a thing that is a thing that usually in most cases when if something springs that kind of scene on me i would be like okay i'm done sure yeah. so i've done that before with movies where i've just been like all right it's over <laughs> yeah at, at least in twin peaks case like especially if, if you've seen the series you know that this is something that happens to laura yeah. palmer you know terrible 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 shit happens to her character mm-hmm. you might not necessarily expect to see it in the movie but you do know that something terrible is going to happen to her. And at, at, at yeah. least to Lynch's credit, I think he handled it mostly tastefully and, and, and handled it in a very horrific yeah. manner, as opposed to say, like I, I, I've only seen clips of it. Uh, Death Wish three, which is mostly this a- action <laughs> schlock movie. Right? None of the none of the death wishes handle that with no, any sort of tact. none of them. But uh, but specifically, I, I I'm calling out because I I heard about it through Red Letter Media when they did mm. the, their Death Wish three, uh, best of the worst thing, where it's mm-hmm. you know this schlocky fun action movie of just Charles Bronson brutalizing oh, yeah, yeah. and murdering people, and there's a sequence in it where a female character is sexually assaulted because it's yeah. a canon movie or whatever. And like the behind-the-scenes footage from what Jay Bauman was saying, uh, based on the 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 movie the documentary about Canon Films, where the actress was called and requested a blanket, you mm-hmm. know, for in between shots, and the director said, "I can't light the scene properly unless I see your tits." And it's like yeah. that's that sort of thing versus, yeah, you know, where it's it's pure exploitation and it's just mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Is I, yeah, yeah. I just I have, you know, I have my feelings about all that stuff, and and yeah, yeah I just I like like it was it was definitely a mo- it was definitely a moment for me where my reaction to that scene for a while because I was just kind of like I didn't hate that as much as I've hated other mm-hmm. other scenes like that or other shows or movies that do that kind of thing. So what was it about this that did it differently? Like, you know, like, like, cause I, 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 I personally, I don't think I'm one to like give the benefit of the doubt to something I like more than something like I don't like, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I like, you know, like, like, obviously I've, I've enjoyed Twin Peaks. Um, but like, you know, I like, I oh got, I'm trying to think of another example. I think, uh, oh, the, Peter Jackson one with the fish guy. Shape of Water. Yeah, that that was like my. That was the first one where I was just like that was the or that was that was that's one of the movies where I turned it off mm. after one of the like really. And and again, that's that's a movie that most most normally I would be like, hey, I'm all for this. Michael Shannon chewing the scenery. Oh wait, he's absolutely the worst in that movie. Um, so. Yeah, but, but yeah, this this was one where I I didn't hate it and I was I was surprised. I, I think it's because the act itself wasn't glorified in any way. 
and yeah. the focus on Laura shows the psychological damage that the act causes. You know yeah. what? I Lee, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. It it focused on her, mm-hmm. and that was the like yeah, it it focused on her and it didn't focus on the act, it focused on her like on the reveal of like her figuring it out. Her realizing right? it's it's her father. Her realizing it's this. her dad. Yep. Yeah. And then the, I was like like that that's I think the yeah. The aftermath it, it, it's, too it's the next because day. It's because the power trip that a lot of people generate from the act of sexual assault comes from taking mm-hmm. power away from the victim. Mm-hmm. And what David Lynch was able to do was to keep power in the hands of the victim. Yeah, that's, Laura, that's true. Laura so, realizing that and moving forward was taking her life back. Absolutely yeah. bravo to him for that. Then. And, yeah, and her, 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 the reaction in, in the aftermath the next day where her dad, unaware of what happened because it was Bob, is like, mm-hmm. hey, sweetie, you know, how you doing? And just her reaction of stay away from mm-hmm. me yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's hammering home, like, no, this is this is horrible. Mm-hmm. This this was not this was not for, for the audience's titillation. This is mm-hmm. a horrible act that should be seen as horrifying. Mm-hmm. And and of course that's not to say that like you know, my my metric for these things is not the be all end all for everyone right like there are there are people who are not are not bothered by this sort of thing there are people who watch certain scenes of characters you know like being portrayed as kind of like threatening in a sexual way as not that and don't find it bothersome as i do you know there are people who like you know are are unfazed by i i actually i don't know if there's anybody who's by that sort of scene um but there are people who cannot watch those scenes for for a variety of reasons yeah and that is also fine you know like me saying it didn't bother me is not me like disparaging anyone who is bothered oh absolutely i just i just want to get that out there because i'm i'm like i'm i'm very i'm i'm a person who takes that shit very very seriously and I i don't like i don't want people to yeah. I don't want people to be so uncomfortable. You know, like I'm I I make myself uncomfortable for a lot of different reasons for for horror. I I like I like horror movies, right? Yeah. Um but with that I think does come kind of like a bit of a desensitization to some things mm-hmm. and a bit of a heightened sensitivity to other things. I but, I you know. I I think this ties to some of the stuff that we've discussed off off podcast off twitch or whatever where Mm. everybody has different tastes everybody has different different levels of what they can and and cannot accept or yes anything like that like even me saying i think silent hill 2 handled it tastefully Mm -hmm. i'm sure there are there's at least people who would disagree with with me i'm Mm -hmm. sure there like i I am generally of the mindset that I, i don't think really any topic should be off limits but i mm-hmm. i am of the mindset that a an individual writer should know their own strengths and weaknesses and whether or not they have the talent to be able to yes. handle that and even even then like just because they do have the talent there's still going to be people who go like i don't think this subject should be ever covered or mm-hmm. i don't think it was handled well yes. like e- even like some not to, to to get off topic and, and not to like draw away from the severity of it but like one of the more common mm. things that pops up is like the idea of politics in video games and mm. 
like that's that's one of those things where it's like games have always had at least some games have always had some sort of political edge to them and i i think it's just a matter of people who don't want that are, are more like i don't think it was handled well mm-hmm. and then you have other people who go like oh politics absolutely should be covered in video games and like yeah they, they should but like everybody has different layers of or different levels of what they think is is acceptable or or an opinion on if it was handled well or not like i i think politics are handled well enough in metal gear solid one but i'm sure there are plenty of people who go like kojima's a fucking hack fraud who who can't handle political political stuff well in the slightest uh i think spec ups the line handles shit pretty fucking well but i know there are people who disagree with me on that and similarly like like the last of us part two there's people who like i don't want politics in video games and it's like there's plenty of people who go like i think it handled it really well yeah or or, or any, any topic. and also also that that i feel like is uh yeah in terms of uh the last of us i felt like that was a little disingenuous just because um i mean it's i think sometimes the argument is disingenuous in general but yeah. like certainly in the last of us like it's not it's not political to include gay people in your, in no. your media. It, like, it's, it's and that's, that's like, you know, like some, sometimes that's they're they're what they're trying to say is like, I didn't like the preachy stuff, but in that case, I feel like it was in, in the case of, especially the last of us part two, I feel like it was more. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's, but you know, it, it's, people, it's, I mean, people are allowed to have their, like, you know, a different yeah. opinion and, and dislike people are allowed to dislike that game for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. but I, I i don't i don't think that the more um left-leaning ideology that comes through and how a lot of the uh, how a lot of everything in that game is presented uh is a problem about the game if that makes any sense no it does it does it's yeah it's one of those things where it's just like because i mean i i, I mean like if There's you have preaching. a problem with that, then you need to also have a problem with the like extremely jingoistic Call of Duty campaigns, right? Yep. Which like I, I don't necessarily think anybody has a problem with those, right? <laughs> like There's some who do. I mean, like there was this yeah? uh yeah, no, like there was uh or even even oh, the well. multiplayer, like the whole uh there were a lot of people who were getting up in arms about the most recent modern warfare because mm-hmm. one of the kill streaks was white phosphorus and people were oh. super up in arms about Oh, you you're rewarding uh, war crimes for getting X mm-hmm. amount of kills in a row, and I'm like, it's it's a multiplayer game. I'm not trying to necessarily think about that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. maybe it should, but also this is the same franchise that in Modern Warfare Two had a tactical nuke mm-hmm. as a kill streak. And yeah, exactly. Like I think that's to an extent that's a little bit silly because it's a multiplayer game where, of course, you're rewarded for kill your your reward is for killing people yeah like already you're doing something objectively horrible to get these rewards and then they reward stuff to kill more people in more horrible ways yeah yeah so i mean i guess i I don't know yeah because i mean like if you if you know anything about you know the aftermath of being nuked like you would know that that it's not it's horrible i i I read a lot of books on like the the you know eyewitness accounts of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and and it's like it's nightmare fuel. It's absolutely nightmare fuel. Yep. Like 
you know, this is this is so yeah, if you're if you're gonna be up in arms for white fire, yeah, ages yeah. ago <laughs> about nuking, but but you're yeah. not because yeah. All right, so to get a little bit back on. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, I, it's it was part of the topic. It it it, it uh, tied into shit. Like so, like mm-hmm. over, overall thoughts on fire. Walk with me. Since since we got we were we're kind of talking about it with the horrible um, shit, but like, because because I told you guys that it had a very polarizing reception when it came out. Yeah, actually, actually, I don't think you got too into that so i'd be interested to know like what was polarizing about it um oh just because it was a prequel and prequel and it was far more tonally closer to a david lynch film mm-hmm. than what twin peaks was because right, like yes. a lo- there was the, there, there's some humor in fire walk with me like i think we can mm-hmm. agree like the stuff with chester desmond at the start with with mm-hmm. the, his FBI stuff and him kind of being asshole Cooper uh, mm-hmm. and and Gordon Cole yelling and stuff, you know, there's some humor there, but mm-hmm. like a lot of people kind of went into Fire Walk with me expecting Twin Peaks the movie, which is a fair, I, I'd say that's fair because it's based on Twin Peaks, yeah. so they're maybe expecting cherry pie and coffee and quirky characters and a lot of that is there in the deleted scenes but what they got was a really really dark and sad and fucked up movie like even my dad so what you're saying is release the lynch cut yes yes (laughs) release the four-hour lynch cut Um, (laughs) like i was talking i was talking to my dad about it the the other day uh Mm because i i mentioned that i i showed you guys Twin Peaks, so I finally got to experience the joy of watching Twin Peaks with somebody who had never seen, seen Twin Peaks. And I mm-hmm. mentioned that we watched Firewalk with me. And he goes, you know, when I saw that film in theaters when it came out, I fucking hated it. I had it on Laserdisc still, because I, I like to collect that sort of thing, but I fucking hated it. And I ended up going to... He, he was like, I, I went to some screening where it was a double feature of fire walk with me and citizen Kane, and the reason why it was because apparently like the people who were doing the double feature thing were like there's some lynchian type stuff in citizen Kane, and i'm like okay sure all right you know whatever <laughs> that's a weird and, one and that, that yeah. even, even he was like okay sure fine whatever and <laughs> he was mostly there for citizen Kane because he didn't like fire walk with me uh and and part of the reason why he didn't like it because it was just so bleak and sad and depressing and, mm. and everything like that. And when he got there, he found out that they were doing Fire Walk with me first. So he was like, fuck, all right, fine. I'm I'm already here. I might as well just sit through Fire Walk with me again. And mm. upon rewatch, he wound up liking it a hell of a lot more than he did 20 mm. some odd years ago when he first saw it. Because I, I mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that stems from just when you go from the series to the movie sure some of the, the the weirdness is still there and there's a little bit of the quirky stuff still there but it is it is very tonally different from the show in a lot of respects it's much darker and much colder and 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 even even with you knowing what is going to happen at the end i mm-hmm. i don't necessarily expect people to imagine that it is just going to be an hour and a half plus of Laura Palmer's suffering 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I, I think that's a large, a large part of it. That and just some people just thought David Lynch was up his own ass because David Lynch has always kind of had a, there, there's only really a handful of movies that I've noticed that have had a, uh, a, a solid enough critical reception of David Lynch. A lot of, mm. a lot of his films are kind of got a mixed reception. Like, uh, even Blue Velvet, I think, for a, a while, like, at least when it first came out, which I, I like Blue Velvet. I haven't seen Blue Velvet in, in a long time, but I liked it when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I, reading some retrospective reviews, people fucking hated that movie. It, mm -hmm. It's like only, uh, I think only The Elephant Man and A Straight Story are, like, the only two Lynch films I've heard of that have had a uh, universally positive reception when they when they came out. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> Jinxley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you look at uh, like a lot of a lot of Lynch's criticisms are uh, with his films are like glorifying violence and uh, mm. glorifying sexual assault, and it's like I wouldn't say that anything in Fire Walk with Me or no. Blue Velvet glorified that at all. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I think he just to to argue to argue with that. I think it's more of a presenting it in a very raw disturbing way yeah where like i mean like if you want to talk like glorifying violence i think you know there's there's plenty of there's plenty of movies that quote unquote do that yeah i think it's just you know it's a, that kind of stuff is fun to see we're we're yeah. very animalistic and and you know yeah like like when, when the... feats of crazy human nonsense is is kind of yeah, like without the without the suffering, is kind of bread and butter, right? Yeah, like the, when 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 the dude gets shot in the head in Fire Walk with Me, the famous Bobby killed a guy scene. Mm -hmm. That's horrifying mm -hmm. because like yeah. it's a gigantic graphic fucking hole in the back of the dude's head, mm -hmm. and it's it's unexpected and it's sudden and it's brief and it's like I would not say that that's glorifying violence at all like i love die hard but that movie definitely glorifies violence it glorifies being a badass and everything like that yeah. you know yeah this oh, is yeah, this is more or like any tarantino movie yeah. <laughs> like you know I'm... yeah like he loves violence he loves that's, violence. that's the guy you'd be like oh like he's horribly you know yeah showing how fun violence is it's like yeah he likes it yeah that's what he likes doing He's a good writer. He writes. He writes fun violence. Crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I think from what I've seen, anyway, like a lot of it stemmed from that. Just the 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 typical mixed reaction Lynch gets. How violent and off-putting the movie is. How sad it is, and how different it was from Twin Peaks. Like just tonally or whatever. Um. Like, I can see that. At least um, for me, like, you you were out of the room when we were watching it, but, like, Lee and I were kind of discussing it. We are like, a bit at the halfway point. And, like, hmm. one of my things about it is, like, I, I definitely didn't like it as much when I first saw it. Because, again, mm -hmm. I, think, I think I had that going from Twin Peaks to going from Fire Walk With Me and being disappointed that the quirky humor was not there. But, like, looking at it objectively, even though I like the movie, I do feel the movie is, it doesn't quite have a narrative through line, so to speak. And it feels like Laura Palmer's life is a bit more episodic to mm -hmm. an extent. 
where it's like this scene happens and then this scene happens and then this scene happens and it's like that's fine it's like we're examining her life but like and i i think cheryl lee gives an amazing fucking performance in that movie but it, it does leave something a bit narratively lacking mm. to an extent i like i still like the film a lot just it it, it didn't quite have a strong mm-hmm. enough through line at least for me anyway but although i i, gotcha. I do love the movie mm-hmm. especially in hindsight knowing that yeah with 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 season three being a thing and not yeah. having to go like this is the last thing of twin peaks yes, i will ever get to too. fucking witness and yeah. it is a fucking prequel <laughs> that does not answer anything um i think I think for me, um, I think I mentioned this after we finished the movie. Um, I think in some regards, I actually enjoyed the movie better than the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a big part of it is uh, just just personal preference that I'm not I'm not huge into soap operas. I I hate love triangles in cinema, and there's a lot of love triangles in in Twin Peaks. Yeah, there are. Um, Jesus fuck. And uh, um, so, yeah, what I usually go for is much more of the the dark, um, you know, like, totally dark, depressing kind of stuff. So, so obviously, like, Fire Walk With Me scratches that itch a little more. Um, But on top of that, also, uh, I think the the opening of Twin Peaks, of, of Laura Palmer, dead and wrapped in plastic, is such a strong opening. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then to actually see her as a living, breathing character, yeah, was such. It was it was so great for me. I was like, this is you know, this is like we got to know her a little bit. Yeah, before... it puts the entire first season of the show into a different light. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I liked I liked that a lot. I, I liked seeing her as a person and seeing you know like not just not just seeing her in the abstraction of all the things she did all the people's lives she she touched um and just you know but her being dead the whole time seeing seeing her as a person and seeing especially in those last very traumatic like week of her life was was really cool i think yeah and 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 i'm also i'm i'm i like lynch's movies so i will admit i'm a little biased i think in that regard too that that i think his movies are phenomenal it's it like that's that's one of the things that um Jay and Josh point out in the Fire Walk with Me review. I don't know if you have it. Oh, if you've watched I ha- it yet, I, I have not watched any of their Twin Peaks stuff yet because okay. I was afraid I was afraid they would reference Return stuff. So I was kind of like, I'll hold off on all of that. Well, the good news is they they did their Fire Walk with Me video like th- a week before Return aired, and they oh. ref- they they refused to even comment on what their speculations for return were because nice. they, they didn't want to speculate on it. But nice. they, they, they both kind of came to the agreement that they felt that <laughs> David Lynch kind of fell in love with the character of Laura Palmer and that everybody in Twin Peaks loved Laura Palmer and mm-hmm. Lynch wanted to find out why. And that's why Fire Walk With Me is a thing. That's And that's great. Yeah. And I, I'd agree with that sentiment because I think, like, again, it's she's such an impactful character to the series, even though she is dead from second one. Mm-hmm. But why did she affect, like, literally everybody in fucking town? And that's what Fire Walk With Me kind of touches upon. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Lee, your thoughts. Yeah. 
Um, overall, yeah, it, the, the movie itself can feel very disjointed. My exact comment when we were talking was it felt like a supercut of all the scenes from a character in a season of a show. Mm. Um, I can really see that. Yeah. Uh, but it does a very good job of showing everything that we didn't know we were missing out on in the first season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. when, when the characters that Cooper interacts with are reminiscing about their 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 best times with Laura and how much she meant to the community. It paints a beautiful picture of who this character is. And then to be able to see that play out in Fire Walk with me was really nice without um without uh throwing a nice coat of paint over all the hardships and horrors that she had to live with. Um, I can see why Lynch completely fell for the character because she's once once Fire Walk with Me is is incorporated into the mythos, Laura Palmer becomes one of the strongest characters in in the story, and the the added assistance from being able to do it as a film and in that cinematic style as opposed to the episodic television style is it's just what was needed. Um, I don't feel like it it would have translated as strongly in the uh, soap opera sort of style. Mm-hmm. So as upset as people were, I think that was just because of the loose cliffhanger threads from the end of the second season. I think that if when season two ended, if there were... Uh, like if they were able to be two films and if there was one that extended the story of Cooper and wrapped up everything and then another one that which was Fire Walk With Me and getting the prequel, I think people would look back on Fire Walk With Me a lot more fondly because it wasn't expected to be the conclusion to the Twin Peaks storyline. Yeah. I think people gave it a hard time back in the day because it just wasn't what they happened to be looking for. Yeah. Um, so me being able to watch it now, knowing that there is a third season that continues the story and being able to look at fire walk with me without that judgment, without that bias. Uh, I think it was a very good movie. Um, yeah, some pacing issues, but all it's, it's all nitpicking really when you just consider the weight of the performance that, that drives it yeah um, and i i will i will fully admit that i um i know i i i kind of uh disparaged her performance early in the in the movie um because i felt like she was doing a little bit too much a little over dramatic mouth wiggling at uh um at different moments but um as the film went on it, it her 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 performance, like she nailed it, absolutely. Yeah, gobble, 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 <laughs> gobble, 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 gobble was like the worst for me, and then and then it steadily improved to like brilliance by the end, where I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like yeah, she she and Ray Wise carry that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the shit like... I was, you know, I was actually kind of surprised. <clears throat> I expected to see more of him because of the you know, basically like, oh, we know he's the killer, yeah. right? I expected them to kind of like focus a little more on him. And I really like that they didn't. I I, I like yeah. that he wasn't in that movie that much. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like it was Laura's story and yeah. goddamn, 
I'm so glad for it. <laughs> it's it's Laura's story. We we got to see Leland post murder. We got to know Leland a bit. We got to know the Bob position a bit in in the series. The only character that we don't know didn't know anything about was uh the lumberjack in 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 the, in the word scene in the B David Bowie scene. No, no. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's Laura, Par Laura, uh, Laura Palmer, and and mm -hmm. why and and how and why everybody gave a shit and and I I'd say that she was fucking fearless because some of the scenes that she had to do were fucking just mm -hmm. gut wrenching and hard and intense mm -hmm. and she fucking screams like whoa dude like yeah. e even in the finale you guys were so uncomfortable when it was that close-up of just her screaming and it's, it's such just, a good shot yeah and i mean yeah and her screams are fantastic yeah it's it's insane it, it's so oh i love it I love yeah, it. Overall, I think Fire Walk with Me was was a great way to wrap up that first uh, that first phase of our foray into Twin Peaks. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I'm super excited to see what the third season's going to hold. Oh, me too, oh, I'm, Lee. I'm so because I I know you said you've seen Old Cooper. I think I've also only seen Old Cooper. Yeah, I, like... I've successfully dodged what all of the actors and uh, actresses. I, I'm like. I'm so I'm... glad. Yeah, like, I have too. I'm so excited for I, us to be like, oh, it's that person. <laughs> like, I, I, I know what they look like because, like, as a, as you guys know, I've seen a little bit of season three. I was watching it at the time, week by week when it came out, but then Lost Legacy Crunch overtook, and I was like, I'll get back to this eventually, mm -hmm. and I never got around to finishing it. So I'm excited to finish season three. I've only seen like the first eight episodes or so. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to see how adorable Lucy still is. Yay. I, I want to see how awesome interdimensional sojourner of the metaphysical realm hawk looks. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm ready. I am, I am, I'm very happy that neither of you, because you, you both have sent me Twin Peaks gifts, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you haven't seen any, anything besides Old Cooper, mm -hmm. via gift wise, like because there's 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 some season three gifts. And I feel like if I have seen season three gifts, I didn't realize who it was. That's so. fine. That's perfect. Yeah. You guys are gonna be <laughs> in actually I have no I have nothing to to you know yeah. you, plan you, myself that way. I, I you guys are definitely gonna be in for a big shock because even even going even though season three, without going into details, is totally closer to like Fire Walk with me than the original show. It still is its own thing, and <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say is that it's it's its own fucking beast. Mm -hmm. Um, let there's a reason why Red Letter Media's review of season three is a two parter, and oh, for dear. part for part two, for part one they're only going with coffee. And for part two, they cracked open the beer and bourbon. <laughs> because, uh, good God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to, for you guys to see the, the characters who did get to return. Uh, either because, uh, you know, they were asked to be brought back and they came back. Or, uh, you know, because they're 
still alive since, you know, as I, as I told you guys, sadly. Although, you know, again, it makes sense since a lot of the actors were old when they, they, they filmed the original Twin Peaks. But some of the mm-hmm. actors are, are sadly no longer with us. So no David Bowie, uh, no, no Jack Nance's Pete Martell, um, so on and so forth. Just it's it, like, and, and especially since it, it's, it's going to be a little somber too, since, uh, I think I mentioned like almost every episode of Twin Peaks season three is dedicated to a different member of the, uh, the cast and crew since even while filming Twin Peaks season three and as it was airing, uh, different mm-hmm. members of the cast passed away. Um, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Miguel Ferrer's Albert, um, he passed away, uh, I think shortly before season three aired. Um, Donna's dad, who's actually the, the real life father of one of the co-creators, Mark Frost. Uh, he mm-hmm. passed away shortly before the series aired. Um, Harry Dean Stanton passed away like two weeks after the finale premiered. Um, Peggy Lipton passed away. She she played Norma. She passed away like a year or two ago. Um, there, there's there's a lot of death surrounding season three, which which makes mm-hmm. it and and of course the the log lady who I, I've mentioned that is going to yeah. be the log lady is going to be a tough watch for you guys for sure. Um, but again, like it's I I, I do want to say kudos to like what you, we'll touch upon it after you guys watch it and and when we get there, but like. Kudos to her for being fearless and brave, despite knowing that she was dying and, yeah. and willing to put herself on screen because like she, she, she was in a racer head. She helped out on a racer head. She and David Lynch go yeah. way fucking back and she wanted to see this through to the end, whether or not it season three is the end of twin peaks. Nobody fucking knows except for maybe Lynch one day. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an interesting experience when when we get there on Tuesday, and I, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what what season three holds in store. Just in terms of I'm like I'm I am a sucker for like revisiting an older kind of like 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 revisiting something at a at a later time kind yeah. of thing, seeing kind mm-hmm. of what what falls out from from here kind of thing and and also and yeah and also just like i'm i'm like yeah i'm just I, like i have no idea what the story is about <laughs> and, but i i'm like fully invested already <laughs> like you know that's that's one of the plus sides about uh even when season three was about to premiere uh david mm-hmm. lynch kept the plot completely under wraps so literally nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen. Uh, That's the way to do it. All, all yeah. the, none of the promos, none of the trailers gave fucking anything away at all. And it was, it was, it was kind of glorious. Um, just the fact that like people were able to go into this unspoiled and, and at least for me, cause the, we, we've, we've, and red letter media touched upon this as well, but I keep completely agree. We've seen a lot of like franchise revivals and many instances, it kind of feels like almost a cash grab sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this comes from a genuine passion of David Lynch wanting to revisit these characters. Like mm-hmm. this would not exist 
unless David Lynch wanted to do it. Like, if David Lynch didn't want to do it, it season three wouldn't be a thing. And and nobody was pressuring him to make it. It was just, he was like, hey, I want to do this. And Showtime's like, fuck yeah, let's, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Um, though, I do think you guys are going to have one one reaction that's similar to your, your reaction from season one and two and that is how the fuck did this air on tv okay <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's not the reaction to Catherine martell <laughs> no 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 okay it's, all right no no I'm, I'm more talking about you know how like with the season finale where you're like how the fuck did this air on tv yeah that sort of thing even now, when this aired in 2017, and you see some of the shit that this does, how the fuck did this air on TV? <laughs> the fact that Showtime greenlit it is just... I think some critics called it, it's not quite film and it's not quite television. It's some <laughs> weird, weird... Yeah. It's, it's its own thing. It's its own David Lynch beast. And uh, even then, it's it's often seen less as a television series and just more as one 18-hour movie cut into parts. Hmm. Interesting. So, that'll be interesting to, for us to experience. Mm -hmm. So I guess... Uh... We should probably wrap it up, because we're, we're at the three-hour mark. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Uh, so, Verdict's uh, Justice League was... We're happy it exists, but we didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and we love Twin Peaks, even though it does have some rough shit to it. And fuck James Hurley. <laughs> fuck James Hurley. Fuck. Fuck him. Fuck Donna. Yeah. Uh, I think the next time we do this, it'll be about Mortal Kombat and oh. <laughs> the the new movie and discussing the old movie. And I told Lee that I want us to do a watch party of Annihilation, and Lee's not happy about that. Oh. I'm gonna conveniently be in a fire that day. I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta do it man we gotta do it look we're gonna riff it and it'll be fine all right i know yeah. you, it, I, I i know you won't have any booze on you but it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine annihilation and, will make me start drinking again oh. oh no oh no all right uh all right so i guess good night everybody i don't i don't know how podcasts typically end <laughs> Lee, help us out. Yeah, yeah. Stand aside, amateur. All right. So that, that was the that was the maiden voyage of what is tentatively called the Goon Cast. We're gonna figure this out as we go along. Uh, reporting in for uh, Saber zero three zero seven on Twitch. Come check out our streams. Usually about five days a week, with a little bit of a uh, shifting around when necessary. We've got the cat attack, attack cat, cat cat. However you want to do it. Reporting in. And uh, I'm the Valley Jester. You can check out my shameless plug at www.leealdercreative.com where I have not updated anything in about five months. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah, it's great. Your, your, yours is like one of the first links I put in the YouTube videos. And nothing has happened. <laughs> so, yeah, you can look forward to more of our brand of shenanigans over on Saber's channel. Once again, Saber0307 at uh, Twitch where uh, we frequently deal with the plummeting dark depths of sadness that is Corpse Party. Oh, oh. Uh, and whacking the, ghosts the and wacky highs and lows of Drakengard. Mm. And, uh... Hot of a boyfriend, and Phasmo, and occasionally Sherlock. 
mm-hmm. and uh, other other goofy ass shit. But yeah, your 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 channel legacy, Corpse Party, Dragon Guard, and maybe Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I do a lot of Resident Evil, but it's it's yeah. l- let's let's be real. Nobody's gonna remember me for Resident Evil. It's all <laughs> gonna be Dragon Guard and Corpse Party. <laughs> the only difference between the two. Maybe Illbleed? May- yeah, Illbleed. Yeah, Illbleed. The only difference Be- between the Because three... of us, Illbleed 2 will one day happen. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, and also Ring Terror's Rum. Uh, the only difference between the four of those is I like playing Drakengard and Ring and Illbleed, even though they're all kind of objectively terrible. I don't like playing Corpse Party. I like how we were like, all right, let's side out, and then we spend another... Yeah. Corpse yeah, party. let's sign this thing out. Oh, Jesus, we got James started on Corpse Party. Here we go. Corpse Party will be its own episode, maybe. Oh, man, we should do a Corpse Party post-mortem. We, uh, we should. We'll get Niku one... in here and just yell at him for three hours. Just yell at Niku for three hours, and yeah. Just be I... like, why? Yep. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in.